It's time. Finally, a show for you. A once-a-week extravaganza, giving you the weekend's movies, the week's cons and entertainment events, what is worth watching on television for the week, the weekly comic book, novel, game, and collectible releases, as well as entertainment news and information. Everything you want, everything you need in pop culture. It's Pop Culture Kaboom with your host, Jimmy Jones. Hello, world, and welcome everybody who's joined us on this entertainment journey to this point and all of those that are listening for the first time. Spencer Stoner Yay! is sitting across from me today, which is kind of weird because now we're kind of like staring at each other and I got a laptop <laughs> yeah. in between us. So it's, yeah, like, it's not awkward at all. It's like we're no. playing Battleship. Anyway, uh, Rob, of course, is here. Rob hello, Nolte hello, behind hello. the big board and taking your calls. And yeah, and we have a special in-studio guest. Hi, Jimmy. How are you doing? <laughs> M.C. Hutton Hunton. 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 H-U-N-T-O-N. Hunton. It's almost a Hunton. Mm. you got to be all British. I can't tell you how many uh, missed emails I've had sent to the wrong email with Hutton instead of Hunton. Really? Mm. Over the, yeah. so many. Wow. Uh, so if you had a Ponzi accent and you could say Hunton, mm. you know, nobody would ever miss the N. That's true. It's very pompous. Uh, it kind of is, actually, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's Hunton. <laughs> I say it like that, like very uh, off-brand yeah, as well. Yeah. It doesn't really match uh, yeah. me as a human being. <laughs> very true. Uh, and, and she isn't a freestyle rapper either, so not, no, that, not that kind of MC. What? So yeah, I've also gotten that a lot too. Th- those jokes galore. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah now, well, now mildly disappointed. <laughs> well, try living with Jimmy Jones. Yeah, uh, yeah, I've gotten so many Kool-Aid jokes over the years. It's not even funny. Uh, what? Go to okay. I'll have to read you that one, Eric just sent because I'm not following what he says. Something about my comic replies. Did Spencer see my comic replies? No, I don't. From last week, is that what you no. mean, Eric? Because that's kind of weird. Anyway, uh, welcome to the show. <laughs> Yes, and, smooth uh, transition there. Yeah. <laughs> Tonight we'll give you everything you want, everything you need in pop culture entertainment, whether you consider Sunday the end of your week or the beginning of it. Go into Monday, the best informed person you know, as we give, give provide you with the latest news, information, and releases from television, comic books, movies, novels, cons, and events, toys and collectibles, <gasps> and games. The Pop Culture Boom Radio Show is also your place on the radio dial for you to talk about your favorite fandoms. This week, Tony Sanfilippo, Filippo's Horrible Reviews. Uh, oh, wait until he gets going, I guess. Oh, That's yeah, funny. this is... Yeah. I guess okay. he's shooting for that HBO comedy special. I don't know. Oh, oh Eric? Eric? Yeah. yeah okay. So. <laughs> wait, till he get, wait till Eric gets going? I guess. I, I guess he's feeling... He's in a mood. He's feeling week. a little spunky. <laughs> I guess. Okay. Very weird. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll be. he'll be here to talk to us about the movies that are going to be coming out this week. And our special guest this evening will be talking with the co-founder and executive director of the Cordillera International Film Festival. You know, it took me four years to learn how to say that right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. Uh, Emily Skyle Golden will be talking about the upcoming Cordillera International Film Festival, 7th Annual Fright Night. Cordillera International Film Festival, 7th Annual Fright Fright Night is taking place at the Locomotion Plaza on Thursday, October 26th in Reno, Nevada. <laughs> and a sheepish look comes from our engineer. It's like when you're trying to open that snack bag real quiet in the back of class it's and you don't quite not that loud. We do it all the time. <laughs> You've been caught red-handed. No doubt. I had to pause just to see if you would finish it off. Anyway. Well, like I said, it's usually not that loud. Yeah. 
So we'll be talking with Emily Scal Golden. Uh, she'll give you all of the details about the 30th anniversary screening of Hocus Pocus, the bonus spooky short films, the outdoor games, costume contest, and raffle prices. Uh, did I mention that the Cordillera International raffle Film Festival? Raffle. Raffle. raffle okay. I mean, prices. we're in Nevada. It could be either, right? I, that's yeah, exactly. why I was asking. I'm like, wait, are they giving away a rifle or is it a raffle? A raffle for a rifle. I don't know. I don't think they'll give away a rifle. Well, no, they do. That's why. Oh, Again, oh, uh, welcome not to Nevada. Them. No, I know, but that's what I'm saying. Like, oh, yeah, there, there are, are certain raffles that yeah. they do. That's why I'm curious. You've now there, confused there me. Are, there, are, there are raffles for rifles and so waffles. <laughs> so, so, now, yeah, they're going to be raffling waffles. Um, See, the I seven, want the waffle raffle. I'm here oh, for that's that. That's actually good. Yeah, okay. right. I'm hungry now. Uh, Cordillera <laughs> International Film Festival's seventh annual Fright Night is free. So if you want to go and attend that, our special in-studio guest for the entire Pop Culture Kaboom Radio Show is award-winning author of the Martyr series, MC Hunton. Hunton. Yay! Yay! And uh, we'll be talking with you the entire show about all of your novels, all three of them. Excellent. Um, yeah. we'll, which, we'll see if she regrets her decision by the end oh, of the show. Oh, I will not. I cannot tell you how long I can talk about these books without tiring. It's whether you get sick of me. <laughs> and we'll also be talking about the prequel novelette, Fading. Yes. So, which I have up to, so... <laughs> And so if you want to know more, I mean, she, uh, I, first of all, kudos, because um, this kind of, you kind of came out of nowhere, because uh, you've written three books mm-hmm. and a nova, no, novella, mm-hmm. a novelette, however you want to say it. Um, before that, nothing, but uh, you've your first novel has won at least three awards. Yeah, it won two, uh, and then it was a finalist and a third. Okay, wow. so two, one of which was the... Uh, 2022 um, Reader's Digest. Writer's Digest. Writer's yeah, Digest. The Writer's Digest 2022 Best Self Published Ebooks uh, Competition for the Fantasy Category, first place. Yay. Nice. Yeah, I got to be in the book. Like, my name is in the actual magazine. That was pretty cool to see. <laughs> that one, that and one. that one came with a cash prize, which felt very nice. Right. <laughs> Vindication. Vindication. I literally cried in the shower when I got the email. And then, of course, I didn't think it was real. Why were you checking your email in the shower? Well, it was before the shower, obviously. Oh. Okay. But oh, I yeah. sent. You, you go cry in the shower so that nobody knows you're crying. Yeah, that's how you do it. It's the way to hide the tears. Okay. But well, I also messaged like all of my friends a screenshot, and I was like, "This isn't fake, right?" And they were like, "I don't know. Like, why would it be fake? Did you did you enter?" And I was like, "Well, yeah, I entered." And they're like, "Why would you think it's fake?" I'm like, "I don't know. Crippling <laughs> imposter syndrome." <laughs> Just don't click on any links. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Turns out it was not fake, though. So okay. we're all good. Everything's good. <laughs> so um, so how long did it take you to, I mean, because, you know, how long has it been since uh, the first novel there, uh, Resurrection, was released? Uh, Resurrection came out in July 2000 or 2000 yeah 2021 uh so three two years three years two in two years yeah two books mm-hmm. th- uh, two awards one uh, finalist yeah so that's pretty good yeah it's pretty good i was i'm very proud of it i that's mean i've been start. yeah thank you i've been working on the series since i was 15 uh the first book specifically has been rewritten <clears throat> no fewer than four times uh <laughs> because you know first draft at 17 we can all agree that's going to be garbage yeah. uh, just just hot garbage i still have it still garbage uh <laughs> but, so it's been... but it's nostalgic garbage <laughs> nostalgic garbage yes uh so i've You'll rewritten that one. sell that on ebay my first i might script. be able to and my first book cover that i hand drew also garbage wow see if I, <laughs> I, I it is no secret that if i tried to draw anything it would look like the hills have eyes yeah. <laughs> type of nuclear family. there's a reason i i hire out my art now yeah 
probably smart. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll be talking with you all show long. All of this and your comments and thoughts on the seven pillars of pop culture entertainment, your favorite fandoms, and everything discussed on the show to add your voice. Or if you'd like to talk to MC Hunton, uh, the phone number to call is 775-515-4141. And that number is uh, good during the radio show only, anytime during the radio show. But... If you are too shy for the phones, you can always send me a message through Facebook Messenger like Eric in Whittier, California does. Thank you, Eric. Appreciate it. And uh, Or you can reach us 24-7 by sending us an email. If I can even find it in here. Okay. Absolutely. You see how many things I have. I do. Up here. I see all the tabs. <laughs> so you're always welcome. Yeah, it's like what my brain looks like all, at all times. Ooh, okay. Oh, see, I'm like, thankfully, he has those tabs. Like, I can't have like yeah. more than like two open, or I like really. Yeah. yeah, I have an embarrassing number. Like, even on my phone, it's it's not cute. Like, no. I oh, mm. I'm a habitual like get rid of all yeah. those. <laughs> yeah, thankfully though, he has his has his uh, laptop on silent. Otherwise, we'd hear that weird background music that you can't figure out which tab it's yep. coming from. Mm-hmm. Wow, I have that too. <laughs> Unfortunately, listen, I might right. forget some of the stuff that I needed when I open those tabs. I can't close them. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, absolutely. Um, serious question. Is there a film entry next year? For what, Eric? A film entry. Uh, I guess that may be a question for you. Is there a film entry for next uh, year? Film is not on on my radar at this point. Yet. <laughs> Nothing yet. Uh, so if you would like to uh, send us an email, just send us an email at popculturekaboom at gmail.com. Please put in the subject line question, comment, concern, or my fandom. In the body of the email, please add your name. First name only. I don't need your full name, and I will not read email addresses on the phone. Because we do not dox here on the show. No. City and state or country that you live in. Then fire away with what's on your mind. I respond to each and every email, and I do read them on air grammatically incorrect, so make sure you do get your spelling correctly. Uh, Uh, And even then, you're just still iffy on some pronunciations. Yeah. (laughs) I, I also respond to each and every email, and if they are for Spencer or Rob, I will forward it to them to respond back to you. Bear in mind, it will be read on the air unless you specify for it not to be. First up from, it is a deem uh, from, what was it? A dwarum. What? Dwarum. Dwarum, Ethiopia. Uh, your movie talk is good, always funny, I even what to watch the bad ones. I guess he meant want to watch the bad ones. Yeah. Um, oh, okay, the, I, I, yeah. I feel bad for you if you want to watch those bad movies. God, God bless you. <laughs> I don't know. There's something fun about watching a really awful movie. Like, it is. There's, there's yes, just a, there is. a special kind of dopamine hit you get from that. Yeah. yeah. If, if, if MST3K have proved anything, yes. it was that. Yes. Yeah. Uh, John from Loomis, California. It seems that the release list that you used to do exist, don't exist anymore. Any chance you can bring them back? Um, I try and get to them. I actually spend like way too many hours making all these lists of stuff that I don't ever actually get to. It's actually on the agenda. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> another list. That's what all of these tabs. Another list of lists. A list of lists. I got a list of lists going on right here, and that's all of the every single one of these. That's is why he needs tabs. Comic we, books. Look, we've games. come full circle. Yeah. We try, but life so, happens. Yeah. <laughs> Seven pillars are a lot to cover. Yeah, and, uh, yeah especially when you're running your mouth the whole time. Um, <laughs> but I, I try to get to everything every week, but uh, sometimes it just does not happen, especially when you have an in-studio guest, because there's always, uh, always mm-hmm. some more to talk about when this guest is in-studio instead of just a 20-minute phone call. You mean more distracting? Mm, no, I, get, no, I can get more another more opinions. And, yeah, no, excellent. And more opinions, too. Different opinions. Oh, yeah, and plus... It, helps us you know spread the pain of what of the those trailers too oh, oh man yeah. they were that was that was some pain <laughs> happy halloween <laughs> <laughs> 
Mary from Ponte Verde Beach, Florida. I got to say, I wish you'd take a stance on the current war in Israel. You don't even talk about what's going on. Also, you don't really comment on the Hollywood labor strikes either. Are you afraid to take a side? Uh, no, but this is not the forum for any kind of political talk or any kind of geopolitics. If you want those, you can go to any other radio show, pretty much under any radio station, and uh, have a field day there and espouse with people that share the same view of you as you or argue with people who don't. I don't care, whichever you like to do. Um, here, this is my design to show specifically to be a release from all of the chaos and madness of the world so that some people can listen for three hours and be entertained and not drugged down with the debauchery of humanity. And in the case of the strike, we do report on it. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I do report on it, yeah. So I that just don't... That was a big topic uh, last week. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Actually, since it started. Yeah. But yesterday I, we did talk about it, or last week we did well, give we a, a pretty good week, We mentioned how many days each one has been in there. Mm-hmm. We've mentioned the progresses. We've mentioned the... Because it affects everything. If it doesn't, if the, the like the writer strike affected everything, mm-hmm. so and now the uh, um, actor strike relevant to pop culture. Yeah, very, very mm-hmm. relevant. Or what's going on in how yeah, but, uh, the Middle East really isn't very pop culture. Yeah, it's pop culture at all. Uh, Rachel in Harbor Beach, Michigan. I'm a huge fan of Loki. I think the series is setting up the upcoming big Marvel movies. Yeah, I do too. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yet it seems like you don't want to talk about it. Uh, I think you and we I discuss do, it each week. But we, we but try to stay away because... Um, uh, Spencer mm-hmm. wants to watch it and hasn't. I'm still suffering, suffering a little Marvel fatigue. So I I'm, also have Marvel fatigue. I feel you there. I yeah. feel like I'm the only one, so I'm glad to know yeah, I'm but, not the only yeah, one. So I, I did watch She-Hulk. And well, it, see, that's probably yeah. what gave you Marvel fatigue. Well, no, well, no, 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 I, 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 I had Marvel. I had Marvel fatigue, but I am a big fan of She-Hulk, and I'm glad that she finally got some time in the sun in the MCU. Now, the last episode or so fell apart a little bit, uh, in my humble opinion. But for the most part, I think that the actress it nailed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's great. I, mean, I, I like she, that they... she is a great She-Hulk. Yeah, and I, 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 I do hope it gets a season two, and I'll actually watch that. And hopefully, by then, my Marvel fatigue and will then be. He'll catch up on Loki. Yeah. Oh, and then okay. I'll catch because uh, my my sister, my oldest sister, loves Loki, so so she she can't, can't kind of keeps me in the loop. So yeah, and I'm not okay. too afraid of spoilers because it's time travel. There's always going to be spoilers. Uh, yeah, and that's the only thing that really grits my teeth about the whole thing is I I am so appalled by just time travel in general. <laughs> it's like uh, why am I watching Loki do time travel? It doesn't even seem like he's actually. Uh, um, an Asgardian god anymore. It just seems like a normal person. And so it's like him and his sidekick running around doing like detective work BS now. And it's, and it's kind of annoying. Well, it it's kind of is because he's kind of, uh, well, he's like, if we remember, he, he's now part of the TVA. <laughs> like, <laughs> has, it, has it been depowered? Does he have no powers? Anymore? No, he hasn't been depowered. No, but, and, but he's he just part seems of the TVA now. So, so to, in, in this, instead of being a, an Asgardian God. Well, which, he was never a God anyway, right? He's an ice giant. Frost, Isn't that frost, frost giant? giant? Yeah. yeah, but still, you know, he's still. I mean, he's still powerful. Important. Yeah, right. exactly. But still. Yeah. Um, oh, that brings up continuity problems, but that's not, yeah. that's a, that's a oh, conversation for a different day. we want to talk about day, continuity yes. problems, we'll be here all night. <laughs> yeah. Yes, exactly. I think all the should... retconning is like dumbfounding. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's how it is in comics. So it's it's like welcome welcome to the real the real world of comics here for mm. the, your world, all of the fake people world. who have yes. only been involved in Marvel since the movies are finally understanding what's been happening in the comic world for forever. Right. Yes, yeah. exactly. Right. So I think you should have a special Loki episode. Um, when 
Because episode season two has already started, so should I have it at the end of the season or midway beginning? break? Like I used to do that with. Um, <laughs> uh, see, I used to do that with the Expanse when it first started, because okay. I'd have Mark Fergus and Hawk Osby, mm-hmm. the writers for the Expanse, on, and uh, at the end of the season, I'd have them on to talk about the season, and then I'd have them on before the next season started to like talk a recap. about. Mm-hmm. Um, and. Uh, Try and pry some information out of them about the next season. Yeah, trying trying to work around those blasted NDAs. Oh yeah, and Hollywood has some spoilers. Uh, did you ever watch The Expanse? I did not. Oh. Yeah, we're going to quickly learn here. If you ask me if I've seen the movie, the answer is probably no. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> My friends have a whole list of of movies I haven't seen. That's a shared note. Wow. That's basically just designed to guilt me. It works. Really? <laughs> they just like they just add every movie that comes out every, every time. Week. Every time we talk, and they'll talk about a movie, they'll look at me and be like, "Mary, have you seen that one?" And I'm like, "No." And they just pull out their phones immediately at it. At least this week, though, you can go. No, but I saw the trailer. I saw the awful trailer. <laughs> uh, oh, and uh, so I don't know when we'd want us to have this special Loki episode and uh, get Tom Hendelson Hendelston. Now, on the show or Owen Wilson, yeah, because that would be easy. Um, yes. Yeah, if, if, if you have you, their contact mm-hmm. information, please provide it yeah, to us in yes. another email. Their publicist or whomever. Can yeah. I, like, come for that episode, too, yeah. if they're here? We would like <laughs> that. I'll we, sit in the other room. Oh, yeah. We're, we, they, like, we're they with be you here, on that. Yeah. We want them as well. Like, <laughs> they would more than likely be on by Spread the word. But, uh, yeah, so, um, if, I, if I could get them in studio. Yeah. So, I mean, the best... Uh, um, oh, close if we get close... him on phone, I'll be well, like, yeah. <laughs> Do you mind if we charge you admission if that happens? I think it'd <laughs> be worth it. There. I mean, I kind of think we'd have like, like we'd have to like unblock like this and have people like peering in. Like, yeah, you would. You would have people peering in. It would be a very no, because the whole show would be like, don't lick the glass. But... <laughs> Uh, anyway, uh, so join us at uh, join me anyway at Dreamwell Comics Saturday, October twenty eighth, from one p.m. to three p.m. for Dreamwell Comics Marvel Trick or Read event. They will have specials to celebrate from opening to close. Specials for those in costume, and don't forget to grab yourself some of the Marvel Trick or Read comics. We'll also have something special for everyone who comes to Dreamwell Comics while I am there from one p.m. to three p.m. If you are in costume, it's like free comic book day in October at Dreamwell Comics all day long, Saturday, October 28th. Speaking of events, uh, you will have the actual book launch for book three of the Martyr series, Devotion, Mm -hmm. on October 29th. Yes, I will. At 3 p.m. At 3 p.m., 3 to 7 at the Coffee and Comics. 3 to 7, you know we start to show at 6. I know, I know. The one on Bering? Yeah, the one on Bering. Oh, yeah, Mm -hmm. I I love that one. I play D&D there every Wednesday. Yeah, Yeah, it's a great location. And, uh, I mean, Coffee and Comics in general is a great local business. Yeah, yeah, they're great great people They're great people. Like, I really enjoy, like, patronizing them as a consumer like mm-hmm. i just like mm-hmm. to go down to coffee and comics that one is like pretty close to my house too so i can just zip on by whenever i want it's a larger location they have a full bar which is yeah, part of the reason cool. we're going there <laughs> <laughs> uh, because yeah. somebody needs a little bit of liquid courage before she does a reading from the book on stage <laughs> in front of people really yeah yeah, I know that one. No, I, actually, uh, to, not to kind of, well, I only got, what, like a couple of seconds here. No, you anyway. 45, you're good. 45 seconds. Um, so um, when I first, my very first show ever playing bass for a band, 
Um, it, it, was, it was quite shocking because, uh, A, I don't know how they got the gig, but they open, were open for Death Angel. I don't know if you know who Death Angel is. Nope. You're, you're nope. like, oh, that's impressive. I have no idea who they are. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, five, it was the Mountain View Theater in Mountain View, California. There was, uh, but it could house, have four, 500 people in it. Mm-hmm. And that was my first show ever in front of 500 people. And I heard every note that i played wrong yeah <laughs> literally i was like why is my bass so loud <laughs> everything you stumble over every little mistake it's very clear yeah when you're mumbling like i can hear that um all right and that brings us to the end of the first 20 minutes if you'd like to give us a call 775-515-4141 if you have any questions about the martyr series for mc hunton or if there's anything you want to comment on thus far, uh, feel free to give us a call. Otherwise, we'll talk to you on the other end of this break. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with Mawa. Carson City's Night Off the Streets program is underway. Night Off the Streets helps the homeless in our community. For more information on the program or to volunteer to help with the program, you can contact Knott's. Manager Jody Miller at 775-600-2632 or Knott's Manager, all one word, N-O-T-S, so I'm not making up a word, at gmail.com. All right, now that that's out of the way, back to the Pop Culture Kaboom Radio Show with our special in-studio guest. Maybe it helped if I hid my headphones on correctly. There we go. <laughs> MC Hunton, and uh, you are joining us. And uh, just one more little tidbit of uh, upcoming stuff, and then we'll get into the Phoenix question of the week. Uh, there are 322 days until Carson City, Nevada's first ever pop culture and comic book convention, Pop Cult uh, Kaboom Con. 97 and Now Productions will be putting on Kaboom Con Saturday, September 7th, 2024, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. You can follow Kaboom. Con on Facebook to keep up with details of everything you will see, everything you can do, and actually everything you can eat too, because now they have some food vendors. Yay! Nice. Yay. We're uh, not going to starve. Hungry Hogs is going to be there. Yeah. The Bus Boy Mobile Cuisine is going to be there, as well as the Crafty Cookie. Crafty Cookie. And um, Bonfire Coffee. Oh, yeah, coffee. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, okay, so that's that's for Jimmy. What, what other coffee, what, what other are things are they going to get for other people to drink coffee? I don't know. But, uh, hey, I'll, all I need is coffee and cookies. I'm good for a whole well, day. Well, yeah, you're going to be probably intravenously fed from that trailer. <laughs> True. So. I'm not going to deny that. But, yeah, so um, more announcements will be coming as well as when tickets will be available. And MC Hunton. You're going to be at Kaboom I Con. I am going to be at Kaboom Con. <laughs> yeah, I'm stoked to be a vendor at Kaboom Con, actually. It'll be fun. Is this will be your first event ever in Carson City? It will be my first event in Carson City, yeah. Nice. But okay. it will be my fourth event of 2024, I believe. Wow. I, think. Wow. I might Busy. be missing wow. my counts of what events I'm going <laughs> to. I don't have the list in front of me. Well, I'm let me unprepared. see. Uh, you've been at... Uh, you were at RageCon, you were at Aericon, and you were at the Silver I was Rage not. Comic-Con. I missed Aericon. What? Yeah, I know. I missed oh. Aericon. I was out of town. And I missed the um, Punk Rock Flea Market this last summer because I was out of town as well. But I was at uh, the Silver Age Comic Con, RageCon, and then um, I'm going to be at Rage, or I, I'm sorry, at the Punk Rock Flea Market again this November. The Flea's the season on uh, the <laughs> 11th and 12th. I'll be there as well. November 11th and 12th. Okay. Uh, which is interesting. That'll be uh, November 11th. Will be my fifth anniversary on the year. 
Nice. So, Congratulations. Five years on doing the Pop Culture Kaboom radio show. All right, let's get to the Phoenix question of the week, which was actually an interesting one this week and very difficult. You had to really think about it. So if you want to respond to this, uh, you'll have plenty of time to think about it. In the spirit of Halloween, music has always been a part of holidays, and Halloween is no exception. From the Monster Mash to Dragula, I cast a spell on you to your nightmare. Do you guys know what who did all of those songs? Mm-hmm. Uh, your nightmare is the only one's not popping in my head instantly. Uh, that was, oh, man, <laughs> not five. Uh, what it was, I, I had it off the top of my head too. Anyway, uh, but it's gone. Oh well, yeah, but you know, <laughs> Bo- yeah, Boris with the Monster Mash, uh, Rob Zombie Dawkins. with Dragula. I, I remember the Bette Midler version of "I Cast a Spell on You" because of Hocus Pocus. Yeah, yeah. really? That was, see, I'd never seen that movie. My my wife. Love my wife and my daughter love that movie. Hocus Pocus is like I watched Hocus Pocus last night. Actually, <laughs> okay. like, like, how have you not seen that? Like, I, ju- I know I just said I've like never seen movies, me. but this is one I've seen. Okay. <laughs> yeah, don't you feel ashamed now? No, I don't. <laughs> I will not be shamed into anything. Uh, the Phoenix question of the week: What song, not the artist, is the scariest, creepiest song that sticks in your memory every Halloween? Who wants to go first? <laughs> I don't care. Okay, go ahead, Rob. All right. So, um, I, by all means, the scariest, creepiest song has got to be <clears throat> Nightmare on My Street. <laughs> oh, my street. Will Smith Will and Smith. DJ Jazzy Jeff. Oh, really? Wow. Because when I hear I that, forgot I really that want to scream. <laughs> Because it's, it's, so, it's so annoying and it's so oh, so bad. That's, that's what we're going it on. It is like the worst song my kids listen to is on my list. <laughs> it is like the worst, like pop, like it's like so bubblegummy rap that like it just is so ingratiating. And if you start to hear it, and that's that's the thing that stuck me was like you know that gets stuck in your head because like once you hear it, you're just like oh my god, it's stuck. <laughs> like, <laughs> my kids listen like, to a song called Gummy. You get that that like, well, you yeah. did. You <laughs> got a little so. Wow. Okay, uh, Spencer. Well, uh, when it comes to me, you know the the, the the one song you just cannot avoid. <clears throat> I mean, absolutely. I mean, as much of an earworm as Nightmare on My Street is. I mean, you cannot avoid Michael Jackson's Thriller. Yeah. Oh, okay. I That's mean that good. that that one. I mean, and the music video. Yeah, and, and the music. Uh, yeah. I, I remember when that video <laughs> premiered. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I saw the you know saw the behind you know they showed the whole behind the scenes thing with John Landis, Michael Jackson turning into the Were Cat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then him doing the and then him the actually becoming a zombie. Yeah, and, and it's become such a staple that you know there's a zombie crawl, pub crawl in Reno. That the culmination, the big finale, is doing the thriller dance under, under the, the Reno Arch. arch. I, want, I think it was my first October after I moved to Reno. I was downtown Halloween weekend, and we found a class that was teaching you mm-hmm. how to do the thriller dance. The thriller dance for the the pub crawl. I was in college, and therefore not old enough to do the pub crawl but i did the i did the dance class i learned yeah, I mean, the dance really yeah wow oh what gosh. happened to the day i see i was such a loner we just I, we any well, public we... gathering i was not attending so if i was to even do that i just watched a freaking video <laughs> i mean uh, yeah, oh, we yeah. watched that on replay and replay and replay <laughs> yeah. to get those yeah. moves see? down yeah. oh yeah, yeah. I have to take a yeah dance and, class. yeah i mean and, and, and you got to feel bad for poor rockwell because he's an, he has another one that's kind of a staple there you know, it's, I always feel like somebody's watching me. 
Mm-hmm. Half people think it's a Michael Jackson song because he sings in the chorus anyway. So it's like he doesn't even get credit for it, even though he's like the son of the of Barry Gordy, Gordy, the big producer. So he's overshadowed by a background singer. So he's overshadowed by a background mm-hmm. singer. And then, of course, you have the background singer who basically musically rules Halloween yeah. with a with thriller. Okay. So Plus, Vincent Price is like one of the first white rappers because of that song. <laughs> <laughs> so, for okay, MC, do you have anything? Well, so I, much like movies, uh, don't listen to a lot of music. So what I, I've been listening to the same. I have a playlist that is designed for my books that I listen to on repeat because it helps me stay in the mode for writing. And there's a song that comes up that my kids call the Halloween song because it's like in minor key and like the way it's like sung is just kind of creepy and sinister and it's controlled by Halsey. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like an indie, like I think she's defined as like indie pop, which yeah. is funny because I'm not big on pop she music. Has a, she has a unique voice. Oh, she's got a phenomenal mm-hmm. voice. And some of her music, she's just got incredible range with the songs that she mm-hmm. does. But that one specifically, like my kids are like, can we listen to the Halloween song? Because it just has that like creepy, sinister vibe. Mm-hmm. It has, and the kind of the concept is like being out of control, these voices in your head being in control. And, mm. and so it's got, got like a spooky message too. So that's the first thing that comes to my mind. Like okay. that's the Halloween song in my head. See, mm. I've, I've listened to my entire life practically to everything that scares people. So I mean, I can go off of just about anything done by King Diamond <laughs> as, <laughs> as uh, creepy and horrible. Um, uh, and most recently, Ghost has a song called Rats. Uh, if you haven't heard it, that's... I've had so many people tell me I need to listen to Ghost. I've so many people tell me oh, I love good. this band. I haven't listened to them yet. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe you should like give I it said, a shot. I listened to to the one playlist on repeat. Yeah, I am nothing Ma- if not a creature. Yes, Ma- Mary Mariana Cross and uh, Jesus knows me. Are what two songs by by Ghost? I have no idea. I don't really listen yeah. to Ghost. Yeah, my my daughter does, and those are actually two halfway decent songs. So. Okay, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a nice change of pace when you come. One of the guys in my writers group, it's his favorite band. So for me, uh, the Eagles, Hotel California. <laughs> oh, you laugh, but if The Shining is what happens at the Overlook Hotel during the winter, then the Eagles song Hotel California is definitely what happens during the spring and summer. If you were to read the lyrics of the song, it plays out like an Edgar Allan Poe gothic yeah. horror short story. And oddly enough, Hotel California and The Shining were both released in 1977. Yeah, I've always thought of that as a one-star Yelp review with a two-minute guitar solo. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, the... Uh, Shining was released in January. Hotel California was released in February. Uh, the song, to me, the song gets creepier and creepier every year because of one line. Um, and, uh, and I'm going to read it like an Edgar Allan Poe thing, too. So I called up the captain. Please bring me my wine. He said, we haven't had that spirit here since 1969. Yep. I was going to say that's the same lyric. I was and still those of. voices are calling from far away. Wake you up in the middle of the night just to hear them say. <laughs> <laughs> Is that not Edgar Allan Poe? Oh, yeah. yeah <laughs> I do love it. Love Edgar Allan so, Poe. That is the creepiest song I can think of, and it has absolutely nothing. Uh, and oddly enough, I don't know what the heck the song's supposed to be about. But if it's not about the Overlook Hotel, I don't know what they were going for. I think it's about lost love. Um, Most songs but, are. Yeah, it's okay. the Eagles. Way, it's the <laughs> lost love. Yes, it's uh, the Eagles. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, whatever you want to say about them, they are good uh, storytellers when it comes to their songwriting. So, um, I think a lot of the '70s had like storytelling in their songs. Versus yeah, now is... it's more about can we repeat the chorus 18 times? Yeah. And well, then yeah, throw in a couple lines. Well, because you have like "Stairway to Heaven," you know, beautiful lyrics, you know, written by 
one anything person. Anything by Fleetwood Mac. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and, that, and nowadays you have something written by like Doja Cat, you know, written by 18 people and it's just like the same three words over and over and over. Right. I don't know. It's kind of funny when you say it like that, though. And then I, all I can think of is ACDC's Big Balls. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Great, sto- great storytelling there. Or Purple Rain. At the end of the day, I think we can just agree there was bad music in every generation. Yes. Yes. Oh, so, yeah. Although the funny thing about, funny thing about uh, Big Balls by ACDC, my sister actually made me a playlist because I'm a Superman fan. Boy, mm-hmm. she actually has that as the very last song on the playlist, just because. And I was driving at the time; I almost drove off the road. I was laughing so hard. <laughs> so Eric, Eric says, "In the air tonight." Uh, I don't remember if that was Genesis or Phil I think Collins that was single. when he first went off. On yeah, his I think own. that was just Phil Collins, one of his first solos, yeah. solo songs. Any trace written by Bernie Toplin? I have. I, I, don't, I don't know who that is. Yeah, with that either. One. So um, that's my pick. If you have a favorite song that you think is the creepiest song you've ever heard, uh, there is no wrong answer. It's whatever you think is the creepiest song. Uh, for Spencer, it's Thriller. For Rob, it's um, <laughs> Nightmare on My Street. Nightmare on My Street. For MC Hunton, it's uh, apparently Baby Shark. Uh, <laughs> that one is truly awful. Have you listened to Baby yes. Shark? Oh, good God. I, I learned how to play that on harmonica for oh, my daughter. Oh, that's unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Uh, you learned how to play that on harmonica? Yeah. Wow, I would not even waste my time. <laughs> that's hey, what it's just saying. All right. A lot so, easier than Oh, Susanna. Seven seven five five one five four one four one. If you'd like to call and uh, let us know about your us, uh, what you think is the creepiest song you've ever heard. All right. So uh, the big story: the SAG after strike is now ninety four days in, and reports surfaced that a number of major names, including George Clooney, Emma Stone, Ben Affleck, Affleck, Taylor <laughs> Perry, and Scarlett Johansson, met with SAG after leadership, including Fran Drescher and Duncan Crabtree Ireland. That's a real person's name. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh okay. we got a caller. <gasps> oh, my gosh, we got a caller. To discuss the state of the strike and hello, caller, you're on there. What is your first name and where are you calling from? Hey, it's Robert from Dreamwell. Sorry to interrupt your uh, sagging. <laughs> <Our> <laughs> I think that should be interrupted if we're sagging. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to go on forever. Okay, yeah, probably. Not forever, but a very long time. Yeah. So what's on your mind, Robert? Hey, I've got one real quick for you. Um Songs from the big chair, Tears for Tears. <laughs> the track, Listen. Listen. Listen by listen. Tears for Fears. Okay. Yes, if you listen to that song, it's creepy. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, thank you. I used bro. to take, we had a place called uh, Quest Haven, which was that old one dirt road lane kind of thing with overgrown trees. I used to take dates out there, and I'd put that on. So you're you saying drawing. you're the creep. Yeah, you're, you're, Wait, you say exactly. it's a creepy song and you put it on during a it, date? I know, Like right? on purpose? Yeah. Like, it was awesome. <laughs> Only for you. Did you lock the doors too? Did you like have the power lock so they lock them and then start the song? I used to have the I had the convertible so they could jump out if they wanted to. <laughs> if they wanted to. <laughs> But there's nobody out there, so there's nowhere to go. Okay. I mean, reading the lyrics, it's, uh, yeah, I can see this. It is creepy. If you hear the, the actual melody and everything, it's a really creepy song. Yeah, actually, I remember uh, in the movie Donnie Darko, they did a really creepy version of Mad World by Tears for Fears. Oh, sweet. Wow. Okay, yeah. I don't understand what all this uh, weird language is underneath each word. But... Well, there you go. Okay. All right. So listen by, okay. Uh, what else is on your mind, Robert? Not much. Just hanging out here. Yep. So, okay. Got the radio on. Everything's good. 
All right. Well, thank you for the. Uh, All right. We'll see you next week. Uh, yeah, looking yep. forward to the trick or read on yeah. Saturday. Yep. Yeah, it's gonna All be right. fun. It's gonna be a lot of fun. So. All right. I won't be yeah. in costume though, but I'll be there. Actually, this is my costume. You're not going to dress up as the same one and see how many people get it wrong again? (laughs) (laughs) No, not this time. But okay. That was fun. Yeah, it was. Oh, you should wait till you see the video from when I was at uh, Coffee and when when Spencer and I went to Coffee and Comics and uh, for the uh, fundraiser for uh, Cosplay for Kindness. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, that was fun. I did the same thing and actually got people on video getting it wrong. But so, yeah, actually, oh but, but actually was, I was, was surprised how many people got time. it right, though. Yeah, there was a, quite a few people that got it right, and then of course when you tell when I tell them, they're like, "Oh, I never saw that movie." It's like, <laughs> <laughs> then how That's did you know? Because um, Kaylin got it right off the bat. Yeah, I know, which is weird. Yeah, so, yeah. All I had to do was put the hat on. Yeah, I know, which was even it, more bizarre. It, it reminded me of American Dad, the episode that they did of Halloween, and the one character goes, well, I'm Jonah Hill or Seth Rogen if I put on his glasses. <laughs> <laughs> Funny. All right, Robert, well, thank you for calling in. You got it. Right, we'll talk to you soon. All right, Louis. All right, so to discuss the state of the strike and what could be done to quicken a deal between the Actors Union and the AMPTP, Well, for those of you who read that and rolled your eyes, Deadline Hollywood went live with a report earlier that might have you rethinking that. Reportedly, the actors presented a plan to union leadership that would see the town's biggest earners defraying the costs of AMPTP signatories by eliminating the $1 million cap on membership dues. Really? You have to pay a million dollars to be a part of No, no, no. That's the cap. It's ba- it's like a sliding scale based on how much you make. So the the higher you make as an A-list artist, you're going to pay more into the union. But the cap is a million dollars. You're not going to pay more than a million dollars. Is that annual? What's yeah. Like, yeah. Wow. And Imagine no having a million to, to drop movies, annually yeah. on a Well, if you're <laughs> but yeah, but, yeah, exactly. But right. these A-list stars who are making five films a year at a hundred million dollars a film, they right. have that million, and that's why they're saying, "Hey, we can do it." But and there's should. some downsides. I, okay. No, they, they. I don't know if it's in your article, but there's some downsides. Yeah, to it. which could then be used to address health benefits and other areas of SAG after concern. In addition, the plan includes a formula for a residual system that would see the lowest names on the call sheet who most need the money for the first to be paid for with the proposal reportedly being sent to the SAG-AFTRA negotiating committee by the union's leadership for consideration. A lot of the top earners want to be part of the solution. Clooney, sh- Clooney, Clooney shared in a statement to deadline Hollywood. We've offered to remove the cap on dues, which would bring over 50 million to the union annually. Well, over $150 million over the next three years. We think it's fair for us to pay more into the union. We also are suggesting a bottom-line residual structure, meaning the top of the call sheet would be the last to collect residuals, not the first. These negotiations will be ongoing, but we wanted to show that we're all in this together and find ways to help close the gap on actors getting paid. Um, yeah, I see a lot wrong with that. Uh, first off, uh, a, a union getting $150 million over three years. I mean, uh, that should go to the, instead of them taking this money from the people making the money and maybe if the, the, anyway, well, there, Fran Drescher actually addressed it and she stated that it's, it's actually illegal because the way that unions have to be funded. 
Mm. Yeah. They can't be funded by basically like donations like that. So they would love to do it, but they can't. They'd have to like restructure. Exactly. The whole entire how a union works. Like, (laughs) which of course would change the tax, everything. Tax status, which would change this. It's it's a grand gesture that unfortunately falls flat because of. Not a grand. (laughs) It's a million gesture. Yes, a million gesture. (laughs) Uh, And we're late. But we are. (laughs) Sorry. So we'll be back right after this. Welcome back to the Pop Culture Kaboom Radio Show. Everything you want, everything you need in pop culture entertainment. Spencer, Rob, and I are here, as well as our in-studio guest, MC Hunting. That's your big Muppet Show welcome. Oh, good. I love Muppets. So uh, we're going to be talking about all of her books, all three of them, because uh, and the novella, or yeah, novelette, However you want to phrase it. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. You said novelette earlier. I've heard it as novella. What's well, the difference? It's kind of so, an A and an E T. Well, I know <laughs> that, but I'm sure there is some sort of difference in the writing world. For me, it's more the the length of it. A novella is going to be longer than a novelette. Like a novelette oh, yeah, okay. is a, is like microfiction almost. Yeah, right. Yeah, that, that 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 is literally it. It is literally just the length of the story. Yeah, okay. like I think novelette is like the shortest you can get before you get into short story. Yeah, like is there like a word limit? A it's chapter probably, limit? I think. 10, uh, yeah. Thousand yeah. is probably about what the word limit would be. I'm guessing wildly. Um, yeah, and I'm guessing a novella would... is like around like fifty. I think a novella something. tops at like fifty thousand. Okay, yeah. and then novels, you know, just between fifty <laughs> to an epic where yeah. to, to, to Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right, so fading a martyr's prequel novelette. Uh, when armed robbers come into the convenience store, Cypress, Cyrus Murphy works at he's faced with more than the barrel of a gun he ends up pulling pulled into a world he never imagined where you can't trust the people their stories or even the thoughts in his the thoughts in his own head um so this kind of kicks off the uh, martyrs series yes in what way so uh fading actually i wrote after i wrote resurrection so i finished (laughs) resurrection first and i originally wrote fading as a promotional item for the launch of the first book because fading is a prequel novelette that is the events that directly lead into the first book so the event the events of fading take place i want to say three months before resurrection kicks off and I've heard mixed reviews, and by mixed reviews, it's probably 90-10, <laughs> for people who liked reading the first book first without the novelette, and then reading the novelette second as, like, filler information, like they get to have more context. Mm-hmm. But if you have uh, Fading First, um, a lot of my readers have said, like, it gives away, it doesn't really give away, but, like, the drama in the first three chapters of book one, you have more of an idea of what's going to happen. If you've read the short story and if you haven't read the novelette, I just switched between mm-hmm. them. If you haven't read the novelette, um, you don't have that context. So you're a little bit more caught off guard. So it's a little more foreshadowing. Yeah, it's a little bit more foreshadowing. Yeah. Hmm. Which leads into Resurrection, which is book one of the Martyr series. Mankind has been at war since the dawn of time and mankind is losing losing welcome to new york city yeah that's about right uh, where the seven deadly sins are not just a myth they're ruthless powerful beings so volatile so pervasive 
that their corruption has become ingrained into the very fabric of human society. For eons of sins have brought out the worst in mankind, quietly forcing it to its knees, viciously, viciously removing anyone and anything that stood in their way. It has been a long losing war with no end in sight until Darius Jones, no relation, joins the fight. <laughs> Darius finds himself with the martyrs, an organization standing as New York's last line of defense against the sins, and he's thrown into the into a world he never could have imagined, full of senseless violence, unfettered hatred, yeah, it sounds like New York, and a supernatural <laughs> evil that is spreading further and faster than ever before. Now Darius must, must question everything he thinks he knows about what it means to be good in a world dominated by so much evil and discover if he has what it takes to be a part of this war if he wants, if he even wants to be. So that is the kind of synopsis for mm -hmm. Resurrection. Um, so what are so is it like the actual seven deadly sins yeah so the premise basically is that the seven deadly sins are not myths they are real pervasive uh spirits entities whatever you want to call it that actually possess human beings um and from there basically turn their hosts into these supernatural baddies that can wreck house and they are it's like a possession type of yeah thing? it's like a possession it's a possession essentially and they basically like turn into these supernatural entities that are just they're stronger they're faster they're immortal um they can be killed but they don't age right that kind of thing and they are doing a lot of uh work as far as systemic corruption just deep inside of society rather than just unfettered violence though that also happens they just do mm -hmm. that under the surface. And then you have your resistance group, which is this ragtag team that is dwindling, um, trying to stop them without the real tools that they need to stop them until our main character comes in and turns out he can fix a lot of their problems. Okay. So what made you do, uh, gave you the idea to do a novel or even a s novel series about the seven deadly sins? Well, the really quick and dirty answer is I was raised Catholic. So that helped a little bit. <laughs> Having some kind of a, of a religious upbringing, that kind of concept was just in my wheelhouse. I no longer identify uh, as Catholic. I'm more agnostic than anything else. Mm -hmm. But I had a lot of, uh, of that religious upbringing where... And I had a cousin read my book once and go, you could totally tell you were raised Catholic and not necessarily stoked about it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so it has that, that underlying theme in there for sure. And the seven deadly sins have always fascinated me. I did a lot of research on them. Uh, fun facts that never really come up is each sin has like a color associated with, associated with it, an animal associated with it, all of these kinds of things. Oh, cool. um, also not technically in the Bible. They're in like a different writings from some other Pope is where that kind of came from. Hmm. Um, but I've always just been fascinated with the Concept. I think it's really interesting to dig deep into these these vices that we look at uh, and what that would mean if like an entity is driven by that vice. Right. Hmm. Um, as kind of a concept. So is that something? Oh, go ahead, Rob. Uh, I was just wondering is so you said they are like they're powerful or, mm -hmm. or whatnot. Now, do their powers incorporate? that specific vice or do they have like access to all the seven vices or? no so the vices uh are more of an influence on like personality and like how they function so like okay. um for example one that i uh one trend that i have in there is that gluttony is almost always uh in charge of and corrupting like judicial systems police forces first responders that kind of thing anywhere where you have these systems uh particularly like the police force where they take a lot in the military is a good 
-hmm. example, they take a lot of resources. They're gluttonous for resources in a concept like that. Greed is involved in Wall Street. Pride is a, um, you know, CEO of a, of a huge pharmaceutical company and he hikes prices up, right? Things like that. So it's more okay. personality driven. And also, I mean, this is getting deep into the book. We'll probably have no context here for you. <laughs> I'm, I'm about to confuse a bunch of people, but like how they choose the hosts that they possess even is driven by their personalities and their mm -hmm. vices. So like mm -hmm. lust is going to specifically possess people who are attractive and have social influence, mm. right? Versus wrath who doesn't care about that and might possess for totally different reasons. Gotcha. So uh, just out of curiosity, because since you did all this research into mm -hmm. the seven, de seven deadly sins, uh, is there outside, is there any mention of it or any kind of history of it outside of the Catholic religion? I mean, so like in no, uh, India uh, or not know, really Japan? the seven deadly sins, but other cultures. And I don't, I could look up my notes. I have them in my massive document of notes <laughs> of research uh, that I did not bring with me. Other, what? other cultures. I, know, I didn't bring the binder. <laughs> <laughs> I have a binder actually and I didn't bring it. Um no other that cultures she has to use a hand truck for that's how <laughs> Right, yeah. Other other cultures have similar similar things. There are similar ones in, in Indian cultures and like in Islam there are similar theories and similar um elements that you are are looked at as like vices i read the bhagavad gita which is actually in my book like we referenced the bhagavad gita in the first book um and that has reference of a bunch of human vices which includes many of the seven deadly sins but also others mm -hmm. um and then if we look at cultures even beyond typical you know monotheistic faith if you look at Greek culture. If you look at Greek mythology, like what is Zeus if not right. lust, right? right. <laughs> uh, uh, um, the Fathering. god of war, right? Ares is is wrath, right. right? You can you can find these kinds of vices under different names in multiple multiple mythologies around the world because typically um, we ascribe, especially in, in polytheistic uh, religion, we assign human traits and human you know mm -hmm. fallibilities to these right. these deities and so like Hera is envy Hera is full of jealousy like the whole point of Hera is jealous rage right and that's true for almost any like polytheistic culture you're going to look at like any faith out there their their gods are going to kind of fall in line of whether it's the seven deadly sins it's some kind of mm -hmm. like this character is based off of this human experience i, I was right. just wondering if you could kind of associate a cross correlation between cultures well and, and that's um, actually brought up in the book specifically is that they track the sins through history by saying like zeus probably existed and he was a sin yeah right but they didn't know that they right. called him a god Right. Yeah. You know, I, I always find I always find books that could do stuff like this very interesting, and and this is a very interesting angle. It's like uh, in the book Good Omens by Neil Gaiman mm. and, and uh, Terry Pratchett. Thank you very much. <laughs> it's like you, you know you had uh, uh, you had uh, War who was a war correspondent, mm -hmm. and so they thought that 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 person was always just on the ball where the hot spots were, but didn't realize that they were she bringing this, the, they were bringing these hot spots with them. Right, mm -hmm. <laughs> and. Uh, and uh, famine was a diet guru. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so you know, just just it's fun how supernatural you take... does stuff like that too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, and I love and I love supernatural's take on it too, and everything. And it's just interesting how different fiction writers come up with different angles and make it work mm -hmm. and make it very interesting. And this sounds very interesting. Thank you. I, I, I think admit, so. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 you're, you're, I have to admit, your books are still on my TBR pile. I feel the, you, but, but they are very high on the TV, Excellent. Uh, TBR pile. <laughs> so. so 
Eric wants to know, uh, do you flesh out your character before writing them, or does the character evolve over time as the story goes? Uh, both, actually, and it depends on the character. My main characters, like the main core cast, right, uh, those are all very fleshed out ahead of time. Um, but side characters that get introduced as I write the books will get... Like, there's actually a character in book three who wasn't in my original outline. And as I was re-outlining book three before I wrote it, I needed a certain spot filled. So I came up with this character on the spot, did all of the development on the spot. And throughout the course of that book, he became a huge deal. Like, I was surprised by him. I was like, I can't believe he's this awesome. Like, I love this guy. <laughs> and I wasn't anticipating it because he was very off the cuff. But all of my characters, including the characters that I have fleshed out, like, for years literally um they all adapt throughout the course of a book because generally speaking you know the point of a book is you get from point a to point b and that's plot line wise but i also believe that that's character wise right the way your character starts at the beginning they need to also move mm -hmm. uh in some kind of psychological emotional way right, their arc they have to have their own arc that can be a bad arc they can mm -hmm. get worse like i'm right. not yeah. gonna say that can't happen oh yeah but um all of that development will happen in the story but like yeah my my, my main core cast, there's probably about 15 characters off the top of my head that like, it's a seven book series, so there's yeah. a lot of them, yeah. uh, that that are important, um, that I've had for years and that are really blended in, and woven into the fabric of the story. They're all developed well ahead of time. Yeah, I hope that answers your question, Eric. Well, I was just kind of wondering, have you ever like written a part that, you know, in your, you have an outline, you start writing a part in the character and you kind of get stalled out and it's like the character's going, <clears throat> um, I, I wouldn't do that. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, so you have to go back and change mm -hmm. it? Yeah, no, yeah. I've had that happen. And more often, so my outlining, um, I am insane with my outlines. Okay, like my outline for book three itself was like, you know, I want to say like 20,000 words long, like just a ridiculously detailed outline. And uh, that in and of itself, like changes as I write it. Like as I'm writing the outline shifts and I have to redo it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Eric says he's impressed. It's been 19 years uh, since whatever that thing you said, the book or what? Did since you... I've been working on it? No, the uh, blah, 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 Gita. Oh, the Bhagavad Gita? <laughs> yeah, that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the Bhagavad Gita. It's a good book. Yeah, it's been 19 years since uh, he read that. Uh, so I'm, I think he was impressed that you uh, knew anything about it. Yeah, I read it for book one. Yeah, okay. All right. So, um... All right, we're going to hit that break on time because uh, we got coming up next on the phone will be Emily Scal Golden from Cordillera International Film Festival. We're going to be talking about Cordillera's seventh annual Fright Night um, and everything that you'll be able to do with that. So, with that being said, cue the music, maestro. Or don't. <laughs> I'm pressing the play button. But if you missed any part of tonight's show, you can always listen to it in playback as part of the Pop Culture Kaboom podcast, which is available on your favorite podcast provider, courtesy of 97 and Now Productions. So go and look up Pop Culture Kaboom podcast on your favorite podcast provider, and we'll be back with more with the Pop Culture Kaboom radio show right now in Carson City, Nevada. It is 55 degrees and mostly cloudy. Uh, if you're out driving, then you'll know what kind of the traffic looks like. With that being said, we'll be back with more. So don't go anywhere.
And speaking of free, coming up this Thursday, October 26th, at the Locomotion Plaza by the Reno Arch in Reno, Nevada, it is Cordillera's 7th Annual Fright Night. And here to tell us everything that will be going on with Cordillera's 7th Annual Fright Night is Emily Skyle Golden. She is the co-founder and uh, executive director. I almost got it confused. <laughs> I almost said CEO, uh, executive director of the Cordillera International Film Festival. And how are you? Good. How are you? Thanks for having me on. Good. Welcome back to the show. And uh, we're going to be talking about Fright Night this time. Um, so, what is going on with Fright Night? Because you got a lot of stuff going on, and it's free to the community and family friendly. Uh, yes. Gates open at six p.m. Uh, are there really going to be gates? Yes, actually, <laughs> Locomotion Plaza actually has gates. It's kind of funny. Um, but yes, it is. Uh, the doors open at six. And uh, we, we're going to tell people to start being ready to watch films and start activities at 6.30 versus 7.15. So I'm glad we'll be, we're on with you to kind of get the word out, uh, just because we think the sun's going to go down a little bit more. But there'll be food trucks, there's games, we have the $1,000 entertainment package costume contest, and of course... Uh, we're showing uh, one of Cordillera's award-winning Thrills and Chills films from 2023, and then celebrating the 30-year anniversary of Hocus Pocus, because the very first Cordillera Fright Night was Hocus Pocus screening. Wow, that's cool. Um, we're, we're just talking about Hocus Pocus earlier in the show, actually, because out of everybody here right now, I'm the only one who hasn't seen it. <laughs> so. Which is almost it, it, a travesty. Yeah, no, it is. No. I find that potentially morally wrong. <laughs> potentially, I think we can agree it just wow. is morally wrong. Yes, wow. I like it. I like All it. Right. This is not a morally gray area. Yeah, okay. I'm immoral. I don't care. We're have to like strap it in. That's <laughs> a great cult classic. It's it so is. good. I have to do like the Clockwork Orange thing. Tape yeah, it down. You would literally have to do the Clockwork <laughs> yeah. Orange thing. My I two best friends and I literally have the Sanderson sisters' costumes. It's our default costume. I have the Mary Sanderson wig and everything. Oh, so you nice. say that, but I have no idea what that is. Yeah, you're. I'm disappointed. Okay, <laughs> you're missing pop culture. See, remember references. when we remember when Hocus Pocus two came out, Rob? Yes. And yeah. I'm like, why does that guy have his mouth sewed shut? And you had to explain it to me. <laughs> <laughs> so that tells you how bad that is. Uh, so wow, a one thousand dollar entertainment package for best costume. Is that correct? yes? Um, so is that an individual, a family, or do, is it all incorporated? Uh, everybody just um, shows up in costume and made the best con costume win? We actually have a couple different categories, and um, they and with that, smaller prizes. But the grand prize winner gets a $1,000 entertainment package, and that's for Cordillera for 2024. Uh, and you get uh, VIP passes to the festival, two of them, which is three meals a day. My goodness, if you don't even like movies, you can just come drink for free from 9 a.m. <laughs> until 11, uh, 11 at night and have three meals a day and meet amazing people from all over the world that come into town for the festival. Yes, wow. so have you heard of the uh, MC Hunton is our uh, in-studio guest this week, uh, author. Hi. Uh, Award-winning author, actually. Um, ha have you heard of the Cordillera International Film Festival? Not until this. I was reading wow. up on it, um, it is because of, we were guests on the same show. <laughs> it, was one of the, it is one of the top 100 film festivals in the world. That's awesome. Out of, uh, what, like 10,000 film festivals or something like that? Yeah, we're a film freeway uh, top 100. And then we this year, we got Movie Maker Magazine 
listed as one of the top 25 uh, Ooh, coolest nice. in the world. That's very Yeah, cool. we're on the same list as like Sundance, South by Southwest, and we're right here in Reno Tahoe. So it's yeah. very exciting. <laughs> very exciting. And uh, also, like, what is it, 33% of the films that actually get screened at the Cordillera International Film Festival end up uh, getting uh, nominated for an Oscar? Nice. That, yeah, nice. that's been our past average this year. We are looking at potentially 30, up to 39% of them. Wow. Uh, we... We, we our programmer is incredible and he he did very good <laughs> so this thursday if you are in the reno area 6 p.m at the locomotion plaza by the reno arch in reno nevada it is cordillera's seventh annual fright night uh, they will have the 30th anniversary screening of hocus pocus um outdoor games food trucks uh family what fall family fun <laughs> fall family fun yeah that's the city that that's the city's alliteration fall family fun and then i one thing i forgot to mention at the end of the night we are going to be showing the winner of the carson creepy short film competition uh we're going to showcase their winner at the to, to close out the evening it's a little scarier so the kid ones will want to step away once uh hocus pocus is done but it's it's by local filmmakers, so we're super excited to showcase them as well. And uh, this year you were actually one of the judges for the uh, Carson Creepy Short Horror Film Competition, right? Yes, yes, I was. There was th- th- I was scared. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they had a very strong showing this year. Oh, my gosh, there were 19, which is incredible. I think Lyric and, and, and everybody involved did an incredible job. And it's always exciting for me to see local filmmakers just thriving. And I just, the community is rising, and I'm loving it. There was really a really high caliber of films this year. Mm-hmm. I, was, I was quite impressed with the, um, the range of topic, among other things, that the filmmakers came up with this year. I was impressed that yeah. they were all shot in the woods and they didn't run into each That's other. True. That's true. <laughs> yeah. There are a lot of woods in this area. It's kind of like what, what was that uh, one fairy tale thing in the woods or something like that? Into the woods, yeah, yeah into the woods. <laughs> it's kind of like woods. that. Yeah, all these fairy tale characters not running into each other. Yeah, in the it's woods. amazing. Yeah. So, but um, <laughs> <laughs> so the Cordillera's seventh annual fright night. Uh, what event do you have coming up next after that? So the next we have our uh, Christmas ugly Christmas sweater party event. Um, and it is the only event that we throw through the year that we do not uh, we don't screen films. We just celebrate uh, film-themed Christmas costumes. And ugly sweaters. Uh, wait, are they film-themed yep. ugly sweaters? Because, oh my gosh. Oh. It's amazing. They're uh, amazing. I, I, I want to go to because I have this great Superman ugly Christmas sweater that I want to show off. Oh, oh you need to. You need That's to. Like, and and the, the it's probably the most... It's unbelievable how serious people take it over the years. I'm like, I, they don't mess. They don't mess around. Well, it's like, like it cosplay. Is. When you get into it, you get real into it. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. It's I'm. It's the, to me one of the most impressive costume events I've been to. It just happens to be ours, but it is crazy fun, and and people get incredibly. We had a mistletoe in one year, and it was a couple, and one was a missile, and one was a toe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> It's so dumb, but it's it also a pun. Everything about it's beautiful. Puns are the highest form of <laughs> oh, of they're humor the best. Yeah, that's pun. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, so you're gonna have the bonus spooky short films, the uh, screening of Hocus Pocus. Um, what is being raffled off? So we have uh, a lot of different prizes. They're movie themed. We have um, a movie themed cookbook. We have two tickets to our. The first film to feast event we've had since 
uh, the pandemic. So we're super excited to get. So we take a movie, and we have a chef that in, gets an inspired tasting. So it's paired with cocktails and or wine, uh, based on the film that we screen. Uh, so you get to get. We have that being raffled off, and all of our raffle prizes are going to help fund the Future Filmmakers Foundation event, and and that's actually November 11th. So we still have a couple of slots open for creatives if they want to help be on the film side of things. We bring in professional filmmaking teams, and then we sponsor up to 100 children from local organizations, and they get to write and star in their own films and then walk up the red carpet. Oh, and that's wow. November 11th. So. November 11th. So if you'd like to find out more about the Cordillera International Film Festival, about the 7th Annual Fright Night, or anything that Cordillera International Film Festival is doing, you can go to their website, ciffnv.org, and uh, look everything up there. And also check out what's coming up for 2024. Uh, with the International, uh, the Cordillera International Film Festival is going to be huge this year. Um, I know a lot of people are actually a lot of filmmakers that are looking forward to a uh, uh, turning their films in this year. So this is going to be a really interesting one to have some uh, filmmakers that I've had on the show that haven't been involved with the Colero International Film Festival before wanting to come in and join you this year. So this will be awesome. That's amazing. Yeah, we, we had almost 4,000 submissions from 83 countries last year, and we are already on target to significantly beat that this year. It's, it's incredible. We're so, so very lucky to have such a supportive community with filmmakers. You're going to have to turn it from a week event to a two-week event. <laughs> That's a lot right. to sift through. <laughs> what is undertaking? Yeah. Well, um, you know what? Uh, I'm glad. I'm very glad about everything that you do for the Reno community and uh, all the young uh, filmmakers. And uh, can please do continue doing all the great work that you do. And everybody, remember that it is free to go to the Cordillera's 7th Annual Fright Night this Thursday, the 26th, 6 p.m., at the Locomotion Plaza by the Reno Arch. Which one? <laughs> the, the new one. Okay. <laughs> yeah, the the, uh, the everybody, blue one. Everybody who doesn't know Reno is like, what does he mean, which one? There's only one Reno yeah. Arch. No, there's yeah, two. Yeah, exactly. There's two. There's <laughs> one by the National Automobile Museum. Exactly. So. Awesome. Uh, Thank you so much for always being such a great supporter of everything that we do. You guys are awesome. No problem. You have a good evening and have an enjoyable Thursday. Thank you. All right. <laughs> Bye-bye. 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 All right. So we were talking about Resurrection, book Resurrection. one of the Martyr series, um, and uh, kind of delving into the whole thing aspect of the seven deadly sins. Mm -hmm. um, so they basically, through the book, it has been, they've been around for eons. They've just... Yeah. So they're, they basically, the concept is that they're timeless. Nobody can really identify when they started, um, but they have identified that they've caused problems and they're trying to stop them. Um, and pretty early on uh, in the book, like all my friends are going to yell at me for giving any spoilers away, but pretty early on in the book, you learn that there's the uh, seven virtues that are opposite of the sins and they're mm. the only things that can get rid of them. And the, the, the main crux of the story falls on identifying, finding these people, bringing them in, hoping they want to join the war in the first place <laughs> and whether or not, uh, even if they want to, if they can suc successfully destroy the sin without getting destroyed themselves first. Interesting. Yes, sir. So, just out of curiosity, does your book focus on, like, each, you said there were seven in the series. Yes. Is, is each one going to focus on one of the deadly yes. sins? Yep. So okay. each book has a different sin as the focal uh, villain. 
uh, and the the concept of each book is finding the virtue against that specific sin. Gotcha. And following the journey from you know discovery to destruction. Theoretically, you'll have to read to find out. <laughs> but yeah, every every book is based on one of the sins. That's cool. that's the reason there are seven books. When that's, I started, I was curious, and I'm like, I'm thinking that. But then you were talking about how you were describing they were all. In, the, yeah, so I'm like, I don't know. Now it's they now all it's concurrently all. <laughs> exist. All seven of them are out there. We don't like any of them. They're all awful. They're all bad, <laughs> as we typically we feel about bad guys. Um, but when I originally started writing the series, I actually planned it as a trilogy, and it got really messy because when you have seven antagonists. How do you handle that appropriately in three books? Right? You don't. Very, they all have to have their own book. They all have right. to have their own book. And um, it got really, it just, some of them, like the way that they were planned on on destroying one of the villains, just some of them had grandiose exits and some of them like whispered out and mm. none of them should whisper out, mm. right? We want everything, everything right. to matter, everything to have an impact. And so this was back in 2000 and oh gosh how old am i 2011 i want to say 2012 i restructured the entire series redid the entire outline planned everything out fresh and came up with the seven book series that i have now oh wow which you are only book three into which doesn't come out until this until next sunday Mm -hmm. october 29 it actually comes out the 28th the 28th. Yeah, it launches the 28th. Saturday the 28th. Saturday the 28th. And the 29th is the launch event at uh, Coffee and Comics. But book four is done. I finished writing book four on Friday. So we're done with the fourth book. Uh, The fourth book is called Temptation. Okay. And uh, book five is currently being outlined, and I'm hoping to um, do a mad rush through the first 50,000 words in National Novel Writing Month. But we'll see, because it will drive everybody in my whole life insane because i will just be i will be you know totally radio silent that's not true i'll be really annoying i'll be talking all the time incessantly about the one thing <laughs> i like that your titles aren't actually the sins uh uh-uh, yeah so that's kind of like okay what is this one going to be about but right. they all do end in t-i-o-n they do all end in t-i-o-n i have all seven book titles in my head but um, they all end in t-i-o-n they all do yeah okay mm-hmm. all of them interesting concept uh what made you decide to go that route well they're kind of biblical, right? If we think about it, resurrection, right, right. conviction, devotion, temptation, right? They all kind of fit with that. I personally like titles that are a single word. Um, I don't know why I like that. My novelette is fading. A different book I'm planning that would be a, a potential prequel to the whole series is going to be called Forgotten. Um, so I tend to like single word um, titles personally. And then for a series, I like titles that feel cohesive that they feel like they belong together right and when you do single words um it's easier to do that (laughs) it's easier when they rhyme it's easier when they have or or if not rhyme they have a thread there's some thread that pulls them together okay interesting um well when we get back from this break we're going to be i know i know but i gotta set it up here before you know we've missed one of them we missed the lead into one of them one of them for doing that again yeah yeah, we get Uh, too interested in our conversation we we well when we get back we're going to be talking movies with mr tony sanfilippo but Mm -hmm. and also then after that we'll get into book two which is conviction conviction and so that'll put us at about mm, halfway through the show already excellent so that uh tells you how fast things are going by pretty quickly (laughs) and if anybody who wants to complain about you know me not getting to list, I haven't even gotten to past uh, 
the Phoenix it? question. Yeah, we barely got to the to the Phoenix question. Oh, we, in the first we, hour. we, we got th- we haven't gotten the comic books. We yeah. we just got through the big story, and that was it. So, and it's already been an hour and a half into the show. So, I doubt I'll get to any list this week. So. Yeah, but this is what I like to think of as a good problem. So, <laughs> I thought the big story was her books. Wow. Uh, <laughs> I'm the big story. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good thing it's radio. Anyway, uh, with that being said, when we get back, it'll be movie time with Mr. Tony Sanfilippo. I really want to, this is going to be interesting getting a female's opinion on movies. Oh, I, excellent. I think you'll be the, like the first. Besides Rhonda. Yes, that's when Rhonda's been sitting where you're sitting, though. But Rhonda hates like anything that's above 1970. I so. know, like, <laughs> and it's great. And it's actually awesome when she had to do them because she's like, hated it, touch brown. <laughs> I really hated it, espresso. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, didn't she have like a double yeah. espresso? Yeah, right? yeah, yeah she, she has, below she has some really brown. colorful terminology yeah. for it. But anyway, we'll be doing the movies with Tony Sanfilippo when we get back. So don't go anywhere. And welcome back to the Pop Culture Kaboom Air Radio Show. Everything you want, everything you need in pop culture entertainment. Each week, the film powers that be release dozens of movies, some of which you will never hear about, except here. Each week's upcoming releases are carefully picked over from Rotten Tomatoes, and up to five films are selected from genres that I would watch, and those genres are action, adventure, horror, science fiction, anime, or fantasy, and that is pretty much it. With that in mind, we sit through some of the most hideous trailers ever made, and we'll read the synopsis of each film, then give you our not-so-humble opinions. Bear in mind, we're not professional movie critics, we're just overly opinionated blowhards, but Mr. Tony Sanfilippo, Filippo's Horrible Reviews is, you can catch all of Tony Sanfilippo's reviews of concerts, television shows, and movies at Filippo's Horrible Reviews. Speaking of concerts, you just recently saw one, right? I, I did. I was going to say, I need to uh, reboot that. I'll be going in the morning, so I'll have hopefully some time. But yeah, I just saw uh, the Revolutions Tour, I think is what it was called. Shinedown, Papa Roach, and Spirit Box. Nice. I got to see the uh, last show of the tour um, in Denver. It was actually really good. Awesome. So you're not yeah. traveling this week. <laughs> no, no, actually, I am traveling. I am oh. in Nebraska tonight. Oh, yes, you're I in am. Nebraska. Okay. I, I'm at my, yeah, I'm at my nephew and niece's house tonight. Uh, had the next couple of days off, so came up and surprised them. And, yep, doing the show live from Harney, Nebraska. Okay, okay. and your uh, Broncos won. Yay! <laughs> yeah, I know. You know kind of sad? Is we I saw them fall apart. I go okay, good. It's all part of the plan. All the other quote unquote tanking teams won today, and would have put us in a better spot. So it's kind of I won't cuss, but dang if you do, dang if you don't. So you know it's uh, it's okay though. You know you always got to hope for a win, and uh, it was ugly, but we got it. So we'll, well take it. It, it. At least they're not as bad as the uh, Carolina Panthers. Uh, they're dyslexic and think zero oh, and six and being oh. at the bottom means that they're winning. So well, well, and you know what's bad about them is they traded away their pick, so them losing doesn't help them. It <laughs> helps the Chicago Bears. They they own their pick, wow. so it really helps Chicago. So, <laughs> uh, well, let's get on to these Hill movies because we got a little, some really 
and doozies this week. Uh, so Woo-hoo, we, buddy! Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> so here on the Pop Culture Kaboom Radio Show, we utilize the carefully crafted and patented Pop Culture Kaboom movie rating system. If it is worth seeing in a theater at full price, it is a good, not a great. That is to be determined by you if you choose to see it in a theater. If it seems worth uh, seeing in a theater as a matinee or in your town's cheap theater, it is a so-so. If it seems worth seeing as a streaming service or as a rental or however you choose to watch the film while avoiding social interaction, it is a blah. And if it is deemed so awful, you should wait for it to be on public television. It is considered a touch brown because FCC regulations say we can't use profanity. So let me uh, throw the dart at the proverbial dartboard here. And uh, how about bonded? Dr. Reeve, Dr. Reeve and his group of friends, while on their annual friend's trip, discover they're being stalked by a psychotically disturbed patient from Reeve's past. Whoever made the trailer for this film doesn't understand what a trailer is, uh, that a trailer is meant to sell you on seeing the movie it's representing. I have no idea who is who, why they are doing what they are doing, or what any of it has to do with anything. And now my thoughts on it is longer than the synopsis, which, by the way, told me more than in its run-on sentence than the entire trailer. I'm giving it a touch brown. I felt the same way. I, I watched the trailer, and the entire time I was like, I don't, I don't know anything that's happening. I have zero context for who these people are. I don't know why they're scared. Therefore, I don't know why I'm expected to be scared. Like, no information. Yeah, or crying in pillows or screaming at Yeah, I I was so, like, and then I I actually went back after I watched the trailer. I went back and read the synopsis in the email you sent. Like, did I... Did I, is it oh, me? That, this, is, I, this is first I'm actually reading a, the uh, that's I, I went back. I was like, is it just <laughs> yeah. me? Did I miss something? No, 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 no. None of this was in there. Okay, <laughs> cool. I'm glad that I'm not I'm not the crazy one. I'm not the problem here. So what do you give it? Oh. A touch brown Okay. As well. uh, a little bit of out of order. But Tony, what, do you, what say you? Oh, I, I just saw you both sure throwing up your arms no. like that. I'm like, did I say something wrong? No, no, it was good. No, I love it. No, it's, it's always good when we have guests on the show and they get to experience what we do every week. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Awful trailers. So, yeah. so it's great to have an outsider experience this too. Um, I agree with you guys. Uh, scream, screaming, more screaming, and more screaming. Is that dude giving birth? <laughs> nope, his mom's cutting stitches out of his lips so he can scream. It did look like he was, it was boring. <laughs> it just looked goofy. Like, it didn't leave any ounce of excitement to want to know what was going on. Um, it's not a lot to go off of the trailer, other than there's a lot of screaming. So, touch brown for me. <laughs> That's right. all I got out of that one. Rob, what's to you? <laughs> yeah, um, my first reaction was, what the- did I just watch? <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. and, and and why did he make his again? Like, <laughs> I'm sure there was other movies out there. Like, <laughs> no, no, there wasn't. I know. I looked. Okay. But, like, <laughs> <laughs> what did you look for? What were you gonna do? Well, you gonna, gonna go, this one? I was gonna, exactly. I was gonna go. You should have done this one. Oh, wow. No, last minute. Seriously, <laughs> like it should have been called Scream. Because that's all they did well, in the whole taken. thing. Copyright infringement. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> or screaming. They could have called it screaming. Yeah, yes, the the yeah. present tense would have changed being everything. Dark. Yes. I don't know. Like the whole thing was dark too. Like there was like hardly any like except for when the guy was giving birth. Like that was like the only thing you could see. <laughs> I like that we all agree that he was giving birth. <laughs> he was, because that was the first yeah, thing I, I said too. I'm like yeah. 
I'm confused. He's either doing like a very bad exam, like <laughs> Well, it's the same it's the same camera angles they use anytime there's a delivery scene where his legs are apart and there's a, like a person standing between him while he's screaming. Like right? wow. That's the default giving exactly. birth like yeah. I must have been rolling my eyes at that point because I didn't see that. Oh, <laughs> oh it was funny. Oh, God. It was I, it, I, that I was like the only scene like, you what could is see. Going on? Like, <laughs> the rest of it was dark and then screaming. So Yeah. Touch, Touch brown. brown. Okay, <laughs> Spencer, what say you? You know, uh, when I first watched this, I was I was I was eating some snacks. Yeah, you know, I had some trail mix going. Okay, and and, and when I was watching, I, I was like, did I look down a little too long? I mean, we were in a hospital, and then all of a sudden we were up, we had somebody screaming and going, ah, it's like. Okay, so I actually watched it again. It's, it's like the, I watched it again because, like, okay, I, I must have missed something because I was I was too busy, you know, eating raisins. But no, no, the the, tra- the trailer it just felt like it was incomplete. And then it's I read, also short. Yeah, and then I read and then I read the synopsis. And I'm like, that was that that's that's the plot, for, and you're supposed to get that from the trailer. Yeah. And I'm scared at how how uh, how close my brain is to uh, MCs right here now because I I feel pretty much the exact same way, which means you know got to pretty much rate it the exact same way. <laughs> All right, a big brown streak for Bonded. Tony, what's next? Oh, let's go with some Inspector Sun and the Curse of the Black Widow. When a spider detective boards a seaplane to San Francisco after finally capturing his arch nemesis. A murderer on his flight draws him into a plot that threatens both the human and bug world. That was so saturated Ooh. with sarcasm. That was good. He wants to spin webs, but she's a black widow. And uh, she's a widow of death, and she is so the killer of this movie. I don't know. There's a bunch of bugs on a plane. Some mystery murder who done it. I have no care in the world. I made it one minute and fourteen seconds into this pile of poop, and I stopped it. This is two weeks in a row. I stopped the trailer, and you know what? I'm just done. I'm gonna watch something else. Touch Brown. Okay. Wow. Uh, I don't. I don't know I if this. Do some of these ones. Yeah. I don't know if this was for children or adults with the mental capacity of children. <laughs> But I can tell you this, it's not for me, and I wouldn't recommend it to anyone that has arachnophobia. Actually, I wouldn't recommend it to anyone, period. If you do, then please heed my words. Touch brown. All right, Spencer? (laughs) Well, you know, Rob's our resident apologist for horror movies, for the most part. I'm kind of the resident apologist for animated features. (laughs) Self-appointed, by the way. (laughs) Self-appointed, admittedly. And I wanted to like this. But the uh, the uh, synopsis just sounds so busy. It sounds like it's just trying to do too much in a kid's movie. Is it a kid's movie? <laughs> yeah, I was confused. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I did like that, you know, they basically cl- went into every cliche. You know, you have the Black Widow. You have Mr. Guilty. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And all that. Uh, and... I, yeah, I think, it was very punny. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. we were all discussing it or that we think it was in a different language at first and they dubbed it and they didn't and they didn't try to even the mouths don't even match. pretend to make it so the mouth ma- mouths matched. So, um I didn't hate it, but I'm definitely not not going to be going out of my way to find this movie. Uh so I I'll, I'll give it a blah. Really? I, yeah, I'm going to give it a blah because <laughs> the animation, baby. Because the animation looks like it, it could be a little fun at least. 
Okay. Yeah. Maybe, maybe make a good Facebook meme in the future. Rob, what say you? <laughs> you um, okay. Yes, this was one of those that I don't wish my children to force <laughs> this upon them. Um, I liked the fact the one aspect that I did like was the fact that the Black Widow used a dream catcher as like her way of hypnotizing. And she probably spun with her own. Yeah, leg. exactly. It was just kind of a weird way i'm like why is a dream catcher the hypnotic device but um yeah beyond that the rest of it was just kind of like there was no joy in it like you want to see something in animation you want to like there's got to be joy in animation that's how i feel and like this just seemed like they had no other way to make this story except animated and there was no joy so it's touch brown okay mc what say you I am also on Team Touch Brown. <laughs> uh, listen, I have I have three Bring kids. That my oldest is eight. My twins are six. I've seen a lot of animated movies. Ninety percent of the stuff I watch anymore is some kind of yep. animated movie. I'm I have become very picky about what I will let them turn on. There are things that are just banned at my house, and mm-hmm. this would be one of them. <laughs> for what particular reason? I just for me, it's uh, the it's just so inane. Like even the trailer, I'm watching this. Like I feel my brain Melting. turning to mush. Okay, as <laughs> I'm watching this, wasted like yeah. like you waste like yeah, I, like you're never going to get that time back. When we have things like Raya and the Last Dragon, when we have things like Encanto, why <laughs> are we watching Inspector Sun? Yeah. We're not. And the way they make it too, it seems like there should be another one like Inspector Sun and the defenseless pill bug or like <laughs> yeah yeah well and again like for or me i had a really hard time agatha christie right yeah off. exactly yeah, yeah well, no, that's and, what it felt and like with this yeah. kind of 3d animation like and we kind of talked about this like if you're not going to have the dubbing match the mouth with a 3d animation like when you do anime they just open and close their mouth that's right. all it is like you can make up whatever you can fill up whatever as long as like the syllables yeah. match, right exactly basically. yeah which, which i'm pretty sure they do on purpose especially these days yeah and but like for this it's like i this is not this is not what this person is saying like this is i'm not i i can't all well, right well you know just an interesting point of random trivia just because of animated movies uh the kid the, the rocks like dwayne johnson the rock's daughter loved the movie moana oh yeah and he would try to sing along with it because you know the, the song you're welcome and she'd go songs. daddy you're ruining the song you're not as good as maui you're not as good as maui even though he literally is the one who sings auto tune <laughs> well it's like Kristen bell's daughter wanting her to dress up as elsa yeah. from frozen yeah. when yeah. Kristen bell was on yeah. a, in the movie right wow. <laughs> kids are brutal yeah, they are. All right. Speaking, speaking of brutal, up next is Suitable Flesh. Psychiatrist Elizabeth Derby. Psychiatrist Elizabeth Derby becomes obsessed with helping a young patient suffering extreme personality disorder, but it leads her into dark occult danger as she tries to escape a horrific fate. I don't mind when a movie doesn't take itself seriously, but the trailer is completely set up like an 80s softcore body swap sex movie with lots of horror elements. As a child of the 80s, yeah, I remember seeing these kinds of trailers with bewildered fascination, but never actually watched any of the movies. So I'm not sure if I'd want to see this one or not. The jury is still out, as they say. But at this point, I have to say, touch brown. Tony? Felicity shit. Felicity Shagwell shags the demon who smokes a joint. So basically, there's a body swap, and now it's Sexy Freaky Friday. Heather, <laughs> Heather Graham's character is a, now a sexy demon that just kills a lot 
and there's a lot of cussing, there's a lot of sex, and there's just a lot of uncomfortable uncomfortable lists. Oh, gosh, I can't even read my own writing. There's a lot of uncomfortableness, cringe. This is like uh, definitely something you would have seen in the 80s with the cheesy music and the uh, stuff you would see on Cinemax after hours. Uh, <clears throat> Demon hooks up kills. Definitely, definitely not what I ever see this in theaters. I'm sure this movie is extremely stupid and doesn't take itself seriously. And there's enough of that lethal weapon 80 saxophone. I'm good now. Fight up the cigarette. Touch brown. Okay. So, uh, I'm very uncomfortable watching it, I think. Rob, what say you? Yes. Roller Girl has a sequel to Boogie Nights. It's called Suitable Flesh. Oh, man. Yes. Um, actually, I, li- I liked this one. It was very campy. You know I like the camp. Um, I know you did. <laughs> And just the fact that, like, this totally reminded me of Heather Graham back in Boogie Nights. And that's exactly why I referenced the Roller Girl. But, yeah, no, I'm definitely going to probably see it. I won't see it in the theaters, but I'll definitely see it when it comes up. Oh, okay. So So it's going to be a blah. It's going to be a blah. Spencer, what say you? He's got time. I got a little time. Okay. Well, uh, it it had a a promising start. I mean, it, it was kind of weird. But I kind of, it's kind of, okay, we got it interesting. But then it said it came from the universe of H.P. Lovecraft in that weird pink script. And I'm like, from the universe of what? And then then basically the only Cthulhu element is the guy muttering into the phone going, (laughs) or me every Sunday doing the uh, cons and events. Yeah, or sound, you know, or sounded like sounded like Jimmy doing his best impression of the Tasmanian Devil. Yeah, I could do a actually a really good impression. Of that. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Uh, what well, the hell, man? Well, well, actually, yeah, but yeah, your 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 impression of the Tasmanian Devil is probably better. Yeah, but uh, so it just kind of devolved and unraveled. Uh, but you know, it does have some good reviews in it. But I'm not a big person on reviews, which is ironic considering we're literally reviewing the trailer. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with Rob on this one. I well, not see this in a the theater, but I probably will catch it if my wife thinks it might be mildly interesting. So blah. She might think it's one of those like uh, skin Hallmark. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't think you can mis- make that the mistake. Week. That's okay. a mistake. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's Hallmark like. Mixing with Skinamax? I, I guess. I don't know. I've never watched either channel, so I don't know. I have no idea. I'll just say to those two security guards. Anyway, so we'll get we'll get MC Hunton's opinion of suitable flesh when we get back from this break. Oh, we had to get that in there at the end. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Felicity. Welcome back to the Pop Culture Kaboom Radio Show. Everything you want, everything you need in pop culture entertainment. Let's recap the movies, shall we? Bonded, got a big brown streak. Everybody gave it touch browns. Inspector Sun. Uh, Spencer, for some reason, gave it a blah. Everybody else gave it a blah. <laughs> wow. Wow. Like I, said, I, am, I am the resident self-appointed animation apologist. Okay. <laughs> Uh, suitable flesh is the next one, and so far Spencer and Rob both gave it blahs. Tony and I gave it touch browns, and just to recap, I can't recap. I already erased it. Anyway, so 
MC Hunton. What is your opinion? A she suitable. Is the, she is the tiebreaker. I am the tiebreaker here. So suitable flesh, right? That's what it was called. I yes, hope. yes. Uh, I like the entire trailer. I was like, this movie can't decide what it is. Like, it can't decide if it's like a campy horror movie or a really bad '80s soft core movie with the weird music and all. Um, definitely a touch brown for me. Not not here for it. I do appreciate that um, horror, like campy is part of horror. <laughs> so I'm not anti-campy, but it was the campy plus the sexy that just just killed it for me. Okay. So fair enough. It, yeah, that's, that's why I'm kind of unsure, but because I'm not definite, it's it sucks. That's why I gave it the blah. You know, and this could be one that might actually surprise me because there's something to be said for really campy mm-hmm. satire that I love. Oh like, yeah, like like, ser- sat- like Serial yeah. Mom is great satire. What? in that regard? Mm-hmm. Serial, serial Mom we with uh, Kathleen Turner. Turner. I haven't seen Never it. Seen it. Yeah. It's great. Oh yeah. Oh, you, you okay. should, when when you get a chance in the next twenty years, yeah. excellent. Put, yeah. it, put it on your list <laughs> after the seven the books. After yeah. the kids are grown up, excellent. All Perfect. Right. I have yeah, a really it's, long it's, list. it's not going anywhere. Right. You're you're okay. You, you can put it on low on the list. <laughs> All right, we got two more movies to get through. Tony, what is next? All right, the next one is Freelance. X Special Forces operative Mason Pettis is stuck in a dead-end desk job when he reluctantly takes on a freelance gig to provide private security for washed-up journalist Claire Wellington as she interviews the ruthless but impeccably dressed dictator Juan Venegas. When a military coup breaks out, as just as she's about to get the scoop of a lifetime, the unlikely trio must figure out how to survive the jungle and each other in order to make it out alive. Okay. Peacemaker is coming out of retirement and is ready to kick sea bass. Because, again, I can't cuss on the show. Did John Cena go back to WWE Studios and is Vince McMahon producing this? It looks like early Cena movies, like The Marine and things that they used to produce for that, that WWE Studios back in the day. Uh, you know, it looks like it's kind of a cheaper version of Lost City, the one with Channing Tatum and Sandra Bullock uh, from a few years ago. The action looks low budget and it's really odd that john cena at this point of his career is doing something this with a bunch of no-name actors and the ageless wonder christian slater he's the one that set him up in it uh the movie doesn't look great it's definitely not something i think will even go to theaters although it does say it is (laughs) but uh it does look at least entertaining enough to watch at least 20 minutes to see if it hooks me um so i'll give it a blah for a streaming site just because i do like the action films and I like to give them a shot if uh, I come across, but wow. it just looks doesn't look overly exciting, though. I am going to go with that. There's not a lot of excitement behind it. All right. Well, it's a movie. That's about all I could really say about it. Honestly, if action romance type of movies are your thing, I'd recommend a movie I actually loathe over this, which is Romancing the Stone. So go enjoy that. that. I would rather catch malaria from jungle mosquitoes than see this, so I'm giving it a touch brown. Spencer, what say you? Well, uh, you know, it's funny that he said Lost City because, you know, it was like Lost City meets Fallout to me because you have the yeah. uh, you have the charismatic despot that, that you have to, you know, in this case, rescue, apparently. And if this had been John Cena pre-Suicide uh, Squad and Peacemaker, I probably would have automatically given it a touch brown. 
I would have hoped that he had been like uh, like the guy in Guardian of the Galaxy, where you know if he moved very very slowly, you couldn't see him, <laughs> you know, because he can't. He does that, and you know, can't see me crap. And I would, uh, but because he gave me a modicum of hope, because that he can be funny, like in like he was as Peacemaker, I will give it uh, a blah. I was I was thinking I might go up as high as so so, but it's like no, I'll wait for it to get home. I'll wait for her to watch it at home. I'm not going to pay matinee prices for this one. All right, Rob, what say you? Yes, this has John Cena. Good. <laughs> this has Christian Slater. Haven't seen him in a while, so even better. Yeah. Um, it has uh, the action of John Cena being John Cena. I mean, he's kind of has that like kind of like The Rock. I kind of feel bad that he's kind of fallen into that persona, but. I like his movies. <laughs> well, yeah, it's, it's kind of like um, back in the eighties where where it's like it's it's the bad, it's the big bad, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Now he's got the big bad John Cena, yeah, it's, it's, and you don't have that in action heroes a lot these days. It's true, uh, maybe. <laughs> um, to me, it's just I don't know. I'd like his. He has a he has a weird quirky sense of humor in his movies. Um, so I like his like the sense. So I it's although I. Although I like him and all that stuff, I it's not something I'm going to go pay to go see in a theater, but it's definitely going to be a blah when it comes on streaming services. Wow. Okay. MC, what say you? So if everyone is picking the things they're apologists for, <laughs> bad action movies is probably one oh, of I'm... mine. I love a bad action movie. Like, Shoot 'em Up is one of my favorite movies. Oh, I love that it's movie. It's so good. Right. <laughs> Commando. I yes. actually haven't seen Commando. What? I know. Oh. I, I Put that on the 20-year list. On the 20-year list. It has been 20 years. It's been more so than I, years. <laughs> Alyssa was like seven when she made that. So I, I love a good, campy action movie. I also, like I like you mentioned John Cena being a little bit like The Rock. I kind of feel that way, too, where, like, are they phenomenal actors? No, like nobody can pretend that that's yeah. true. You're going to watch, you watch a John Cena movie, you watch uh, the rock movie, right? And you're like, I know who they're going to be. Mm-hmm. They're going to be the same person they yeah. are in every movie. It's not going to be great. No. But as people, they also do really cool stuff in their personal life. <laughs> and like John Cena has done, has fulfilled more Make-A-Wish Foundation wishes than, than anybody yep. ever. Yeah. Yep. So like, I just kind of by default like him yep. as a person. Um, and then the the female obviously love interest based on the the trailer is Alison Brie, who I also really mm-hmm. enjoy. Yeah. And so, like, would I pay to go to see this in a theater? No. So this is going to be a blah for me, mostly because I don't go to theaters. But if <laughs> if a friend of mine was like, "Hey, I was going to go see this campy movie. Do you want to come with me?" I would probably tag along, but I wouldn't choose to go to that movie. I would. Wow. It's a blah for me. Well, I lone wolfed it on that one. <laughs> 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 you, you've done that more than once, Jimmy. Oh, it yeah. reminded me of that one that The Rock did with um, the guy from American Pie. Rundown. 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 Yeah, oh, I love the Rundown. Yeah. Well, I am like one movie away from just flatlining this. Week. <laughs> <laughs> so. All right, which means that it is time for that 400-pound gorilla-la-la-la in the room this week, which is Five Nights at Freddy's. The film follows a troubled security guard as he begins working at Freddy Fazbear's Pizza while spending his first night on the job. He realizes the night shift at Freddy's won't be so easy to make it through. And that's your synopsis. That's all you get. So, I will never feel the same going to a Chuck E. Cheese's again. Based off the popular (laughs) horror survival game Five Nights at Freddy's, it has a huge following, and I'm sure, and I'm not sure exactly why. No, I haven't played the game, but I have had it described to me 
much in the way, same way this uh, trailer describes the movie, with generic jump scares, overused horror tropes, and illogical circumstances. I hope the fans of the game franchise won't be disappointed, but I have nothing but second-hand information about a game and, well, the trailer of this movie, which looks very, very generic. I might see it in, uh, just for the fascination, but I ain't going to the theater for it. I will actually give it a blah. Tony, what say you? You like Scoob Shaggy, the Holy Game Kids, and like totally going to Chuck E. Cheese for mischief. Yeah, Raggy. <laughs> uh, it's Five Nights at Freddy's. The kids, I think younger generation knows what this is. I I know of it, never played it. Um, it's fit, The movie takes place in Nebraska, so that's fitting that I'm doing this tonight in Nebraska. <laughs> um, I did not see any weird pizza places along the way, but I also didn't look that hard. Um, basically this movie has animatronics that come alive and torture and kill. Um, it is done by Bloomhouse, and I'm a big fan of the stuff that they do. They typically do even PG 13 horror movies rather well. I don't expect it to be the greatest thing on the planet and I'm not going to go see it in theaters, but I'll definitely check it out streaming. It looks interesting enough. So I'll give it a blah. Oh, okay. Rob. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, Five Nights at Freddy's meets Chuck E. Cheese becomes this movie. Um, I actually, like, my kids have thoroughly invested in all of the games so i actually know like a little bit i'm not into the huge lore but i am kind of intrigued to see if like matthew lillard is going to be william afton or not because that's kind of Who? he's like the guy who's behind it all uh, yeah math and matthew lillard is the guy who played shaggy in the mm-hmm. live action i know who matthew yeah. lillard yeah. is i don't yeah know i know he I did know who the character was but so but that's like the thing like is he him is he not him you know so i don't know it's going to be intriguing for me my child has planned a party because it's coming out on peacock at the same time <laughs> wow that it is going to be live which they just moved now to thursday so I will be watching it Thursday. <laughs> okay. um, if they didn't get, in all honesty, if they didn't give me the option to watch it at home, I'd probably go see it in the theater. But they give me the option to watch it at home, and I already pay for that service. So I'm watching it at home. Okay. <laughs> A blah for you, Spencer. What you say? Well, you know this. Uh... I think Freddy's is unfortunate. Five Nights at Freddy's is kind of a victim of its own success in this regard because it took some so long that because they wanted to get it right that an even more insane version of this came out with Nicolas Cage called Willy's Wonderland. And I don't know how you can out crazy Nicolas Cage. I don't think it's possible. <laughs> I wholeheartedly agree. So uh, now it does look interesting, the dynamic of of him having to rescue his kid, which was not in the original game, because this is basically the setup of the original game, minus having the kid involved. Well, you got to have a kid involved. uh, Yeah. Yeah, It it increases the stakes, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But but that also makes me think that they're going to basically ignore all that lore that, you know, we were talking about, you know, Mm -hmm. like that Rob has an inkling of. I, because I had a niece who was into it watched all the watched all the stuff i could on on the internet about the lore and and now it's like oh oh they're gonna ignore everything okay that's that's cool see i didn't get that from my kids my kids were saying like oh look at that look like there's little easter eggs that they see in the trailers that because i'm not in the game that they're like oh oh you know like (laughs) yeah 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 and and because of that i'm actually uh, but it looks like it could be a fun horror movie you know it's it's basically jump scare the movie and I can I, I can be there for that. I can be there for that's jump scare. That's so much the movie. horror, right? Yeah, yeah. 
yeah, just basically, ah, and so, so, so. Oh. I won't pay full. I won't pay full price. But if I get a good group together, I'll go to the movie theater for All right. this. MC. I like how a lot of us are like. So this child in my life is the <laughs> w- reason I was introduced to this horrifying animatronic <laughs> nightmare. <laughs> like I like that. That's how all of us have come to understand Five Nights at Freddy's. Because right. for me, it's my nephew. He's nine, and he got into it a couple of years ago. And it's like every time I'd see him, he'd have he had like stuffies. Okay, like <laughs> that's a thing of nightmares. Yeah. and he would just talk at me about this game like you know how kids get when they're really into thinking so i've i've heard in the background just a lot of talking about this game so i saw the trailer and i was like oh my gosh i've i've got to talk to my nephew about this this trailer but the trailer immediately i'm like my first thought and i can't believe nobody else has pointed this out was PETA has fallen Right from the Hunger Games, the actor <laughs> oh. who plays Peta is the Josh main guy. Yeah. He's the main actor, and I was like, "I never saw the Hunger Games." It's okay, oh my you didn't gosh. miss much. I'm not. I did oh. not enjoy the Hunger Games uh, no, that much. But I've, that's the thing. Yeah, of, that's I, a totally different topic. I, I do have a soft spot for that because that got my wife back into reading. Yeah. So the I Hunger Games got a lot of people back into books, reading. Yeah. I I rage read the books, but again, that's a yeah. conversation. <laughs> but, for but now she's moved on to much better books. Yes. But so it's 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 Peta from the Hunger Games as. And as the description, so the whole time I'm like, I can't take you seriously. You're PETA. You're 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 a golden retriever. You're a teddy bear, not the crazy animatronic kind. Um, that said, though, like I think it looked, especially for some of the other ones, like the effects looked a little bit better. <laughs> like it looked a little bit higher production quality. What well, is universal? Right, and. Uh, I'm definitely not paying for it unless my nephew is going, and then maybe I'll end up dragged along with that. My kids won't see it because my kids will be scared of Five Nights at Freddy's. Um, So this is going to be a blah for me. I'll probably end up like, okay, let's be real. I probably won't end up watching it on streaming services with my zero spare time. But if I were to watch it, it would be streaming. Wow. All right. Well, Five Nights at Freddy's, the 400-pound gorilla in the room has lived up to its name. As uh, Spencer gave it a so-so, and MC Rob, Tony, and I all gave it blahs. Suitable flesh. Uh, Rob and Spencer gave it a blahs. Tony, I, and MC gave it a touch brown. Inspector Sun and the Curse of the Black Widow. Spencer gave it a blah. Everybody else gave it a touch brown. Everybody else with sense gave it a touch brown. Um, Freelance. Everybody gave it blahs except for me. I gave it a touch brown. And bonded. Everybody gave that one a touch brown. So, um, yeah, watch at your own risk. But those are the movies that are coming out this Friday, basically. And uh, next week, October 30th through November 5th. Can you believe we're already almost into November? This year has gone by. Yes, I can, because my work has started playing Christmas music. Oh, I would go on (laughs) Christmas break. Oh, I would trust go me. On a Thank God we get no we, music. We were all in no shock, music. and we were all like, "Did everybody just hear that too?" Like, <laughs> this is like a weird <laughs> no, dream. No. Like, all right. Oh, so next, Carrie needs to be held in suspended animation longer. <laughs> next week we'll be talking showdown at the Grand Rumble through the dark. I don't even want to know. <laughs> project <laughs> Project Z. Ooh. Squealer <laughs> and Death on the Border. Okay, I, I can only hope one of these make Tony break out his Shaggy again. I love it when yeah, he breaks out I'll, the Shaggy. Oh, uh, speaking, I see where I can fit it in next week. Uh, speaking of Eric and Eric, speaking of Eric and Whittier, California says, uh, "LOL, love the Scooby Doo. Need to get Tony to do a voiceover for Scooby." <laughs> yeah. So. Just give me something. I'll practice it and do it. Sometimes it's just on the fly, and 
funny. That one, I actually knew I was going to drop that one. When I saw Matthew <laughs> Lillard, I'm like, okay, cool. That's, I'm going to drop the shaggy right there. Amazingly, I didn't even make the connection. So <laughs> I didn't. But... That's, that's where that came from right there. And then I couldn't think of uh, uh, the, the the hunger. What is it? Pete? Petra? Yeah, name? yeah. Pita. I thought you were going to go to a totally different direction I, when you said Peta. Yeah, I'm so, <laughs> I know. I'm like going. They were stuffed animals. Like, <laughs> I, couldn't, I couldn't think of his character in Hunger Games. That's why I was like, oh, Shaggy and the Hunger Games kid. I couldn't think of his name. So that was how great that was. I just knew he was in it. All right, <laughs> sir. Well, it's time. It's that time. Uh, I, top of the hour. I know it's got to go. Quick, real quick, on the uh, Phoenix question of the week, the creepiest Halloween music for me. Uh, the Elm Street theme song, the one, two, Freddy's coming for you. Oh, so, okay. yeah. It's always Halloween time, so oh. I know we got to go, but I want to at least get that in because I did answer that. All right, thank yeah, you. Actually, yeah, All right, sir, uh, we'll <laughs> safe travels, and we'll talk to you next week. Everybody else? See you next week. If you missed any you part of the show. Thanks for being on, MC. <laughs> yeah, thank you. If you missed any part of the show, you can oh, check out the... <laughs> All right, I'm going to continue doing the show now. If you'd like to catch any part of the Pop Culture Kaboom radio show, please, uh, that you've missed so far, go ahead and, and check out the Pop Culture Kaboom podcast, and we'll be right back. Okay, welcome back to the Pop Culture Kaboom radio show. Everything you want, everything you need in pop culture entertainment. We just got done with the movies. And uh, our special in-studio guest, for the entire show so far, all two hours, and now going into hour three is MC Hunton. We just got done talking about book one, which was Resurrection of the Martyr series, which she wrote, which uh, started her on her writing career, shall mm-hmm. we say, and uh, where she won numerous awards and uh, nominated for others. And book two, Conviction, it's just Conviction book two. Yep. <laughs> Conviction it. book two. <laughs> uh, the unimaginable has happened. A sin has been destroyed. Spoilers. Yay. <laughs> well, that was the goal of the first book. It is the right? goal of the first book. <laughs> For the first time in decades, the martyrs have something to celebrate. Pride is gone. While the underground re- reveal revels in the vi- this victory, seeing hope through a darkness so thick they never thought they'd escape it, Darius Jones, no relation, only has one thing on his mind. How can they do it again? The hunt to bring more virtues into the underground begins. But everything is thrown into chaos when bombs start lighting up New York City and Thorn Rose is nearly killed. Thorn Rose? Yeah. It's a character. It's a character. Well, I'm well aware it's a character. <laughs> <laughs> way, I'm sorry, but the way you were saying it was like, is that a character? Well, it's building? like a character that came out of nowhere. Uh, I mean, it was like no... no Not if you read the Darius first Jones, book. Darius yes. Jones, Darius Jones, and the Thorn Rose. Yeah. Uh, the martyrs are pulled between, pulled between stopping the violence protecting their own, and bringing in the only pe- people who can eradicate the sins for good. Eradicator. I always have to think of that one. <laughs> you watch the Kids in the Hall? Mm-mm. Oh, you got to watch Kids. <laughs> I love Kids. The Eradicator. <laughs> anyway, you got to watch it to know what I'm talking about. Anyway, uh, the sins for good things start to look up when Darius tracks down a virtue, but there's a problem. He might ha- not have what it takes. The man challenges everything Darius knows about the martyrs, and worse, he shines a harsh light on every mistake, lie, and secret. Secret lurking in the underground, dismantling the fragile trust Thorn and Darius have worked so hard to build. Soon Darius is faced with a complication he never expected. Can he convince a virtue to be more virtuous? Hmm. My first thought is: is uh, what happens when a sin is destroyed? 
what happens. Yeah. Well, so the way that the sins work, like kind of the function of their magic, is that they have uh, big eye influence, right, in the books. And they have this passive influence that the longer they're within a host, the more their corruption kind of spreads and makes the people around them worse people, right? Mm-hmm. It kind of like brings people so it's down. it's contagious. Almost. Yeah, well, almost. Kind of like being government. A little bit, yeah. There's There might be some social commentary in here. That's neither here nor there, but it is definitely here. Um, and so when they are destroyed, that influence disappears. But they And, and it starts to slowly fade. On top of that, they can also put in, out influence in the world that is active. So they can program people. So like, if I were a sin, I could program you to, I don't know, punch Jimmy in the face every time he walked through a door. Right? That disappears You will get as punched well. back. <laughs> And so so the influence and the power and the corruption they've had starts to fade. And so ideally, we're thinking the world is going to start getting better. Also, there's less baddies that we're going to have to fight on the field. Um, and so they are excited that they have proven that one can be destroyed. It's the first time um, in millennia that, it, that a sin has been destroyed. So what happens once a sin is destroyed? I mean, is it like completely gone forever? Yeah. Yes, it's completely oh, gone forever. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so you like so you can like kill off the host body, but the possessive entity will just move to a new host, right? right? And every time they lose a host, the sin's memory is scrambled. So they're not going to necessarily remember everything. That's why they're not like tactical geniuses after centuries and millennia of life essentially like every time they lose a host their memory is scrambled so destroying the hosts is beneficial you don't want to just let them keep the sin also the longer sin is with one host the more powerful it becomes so the more influence it can use the more its corruption can spread the more the more it can uh, they can take over people's minds and connect them to the hive mind and like control an army of puppets essentially the longer they've been with a host the more puppets they can control Hmm. so you want like the martyrs are trying to just destroy the sins to keep their power weakened just to kill the hosts off but when the sin itself is eradicated it will never come back it will never repossess awesome now does this take place in present or a dystopian it's a it's a slight dystopian future it's not far in the future uh book one uh the the first chapter of book one starts in september 2090 Okay. So it's not super distant future, and it's not as technologically advanced as we would maybe expect it to be because the sins have kind of slowed progress down, but well, they know, haven't okay. destroyed yeah. it entirely. Well, you know, back in the 50s, they were saying that we'd have flying cars and jetpacks by now, so you right. know. Where's right. my flying car? I want my flying car. Right. So it's not, it's not, so it's not uh, out of the realm of possibility that we wouldn't be as advanced as we would hope we would be in right. 2020. Exactly. Yeah. And so it's slightly, slightly future, uh, dystopian future. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Would you consider it like in that young adult no. category? Mm-mm. Okay. Nope. Mm-mm. Nope. Not at all. <laughs> a lot. Of, that, that's Shot that down. Why, like, no. I, the reason I ask is because a lot of dystopian future. Uh, dysto- is well, and young, young adult is also one of the number one genres, right? In traditional oh. publishing, and honestly, in indie publishing across the board, romance and young adult are the are the prevailing genres. Mm-hmm. They're the most commonly read. They're the most commonly purchased. I cannot tell you how hard it is to find other indie books that are urban fantasy so for my newsletter that i i produce at the end of every month i review another indie urban fantasy book uh specifically uh this month i am doing horror so it's not really urban fantasy Mm -hmm. but um because halloween right right for october but uh it's really hard to find urban fantasy that's not romance because Mm -hmm. urban fantasy romance is kind of like 
the genre that got urban fantasy even on the map. Mm-hmm. Uh, vampire romance, werewolf romance. That's right. those urban yeah, very, fantasy romance. Very big in the markets right now. Very yeah. big, in, and they have been for a really long time. And young adult is also really big in the market, and especially with dystopian. So no, it is not. Uh, it's not. I wouldn't say that like a teenager couldn't enjoy the book, read mm-hmm. it and enjoy it, but my characters are in their them. late twenties, right? It's not written young adult. The premises of young adult tend to be coming of age stories, right. talking about issues that like teens have in discovering who they are, love triangles galore, that kind of thing. I deal with more adult topics. Uh, there is like I, I the way I tell people is my book is adult in the 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 blood violence swearing kind of way, not the sexy kind of way. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's not like a teenager would read it and have gratuitous sex scenes. Right. Right. That's not going to be a thing, but there is, I mean, they're adult characters. So sexuality is part of the lived right. experience, but it's mostly, it's the violence and the, the subject matter is a little bit above what young adult would typically have. Okay. At this point, I'm going to pimp your website, mchunton.com. All one word. You can subscribe to that newsletter. She was just talking about Connect with all of her social media links and get on, not only all of MC Hunton's books, but also lots of swag yeah. is available as well, um, like uh, sweatshirts. I have sweatshirts, T-shirts, that kind of thing. I'm shifting away from having that storefront on my website because it slows the website down <laughs> and uh, moving more toward Etsy. Uh, where you can get that kind of swag on Etsy. But I also will have stuff at live events. Like I have um, my artist, my cover artist has done prints of the main characters. I'm going to start selling those at live events. She's done a couple of stickers. And anytime I sell artwork that she has done specifically, she gets, I haven't decided the percentage, but I'm thinking like 80% of the profits go directly to my artist. So I know that RageCon, you had the Wheel of Misfortune. I do, yes. <laughs> I love my wheel. And I spun it and I got the, uh, you had the uh, tattoo the on The costume tattoo, wrist. yeah. The what? It's called the Picostium. It's that's a the, symbol from the book. I was going to say, because that's the symbol I saw on the sweatshirts that yeah. you were saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's a symbol in the books. It's the bad guy symbol. You learn that pretty quickly. That's not okay. a spoiler, but mm. there's so more to it. Is it uh, on there? They're a bad guy, pretty much? Was yeah. It, yeah. Was it based off of any like traditional like symbols or no like i uh i came up with it i tried to get it copyrighted but uh turns out uh copyright does not apply to symbols and imagery that is um too basic basically the idea is if, if somebody else completely independently could have come up with the same design you can't copyright it gotcha. right so like a good example would be like the deathly hollow symbol technically can't be copyrighted because it's circle because it's, it's it's three shapes right yeah. it's a triangle a circle and a, and a line right right like you can't copyright that it's too generic um, but no, I just came up with it. I actually, it's technically an S for sin is where I started the design and then played with it and came up with a bunch of ideas for it before I landed on the design that I essentially have. But Cool. Awesome. And uh, so you're get going away from the um, all of that. Uh, so are you going to have a It's still separate... going to be available. Like I said, it's going to be on an Etsy. Uh, and the only reason I'm pulling it off of my website, well, two technically is that I mean, I worked in marketing for a while, so also, like, people trust Etsy. People already have their contact information right. in Etsy. They already have their payment information in Etsy. It's a trusted commerce site, and so people are more likely to purchase from there mm-hmm. than from a website independently like mine. Um but also, again, it slows down the website to have those photos, those links, all of that information. But all of those products I am going to move into Etsy. I just haven't because I have no time, and I <laughs> am um, – it is not high on my priority list. Aside from the website, if you want to pick up any 
of MC Hunton's books. You can find them at Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, um, any uh, brick and mortar bookstores. Bookshop.org. Uh, also, it's another online one. If you wanted to go through there, uh, they are like profits from there go to support local bookstores. I believe you can pick a local bookstore, but I'm not 100% positive. If you do want to support your local bookstore, uh, it was at Sundance for a while. But if you do want to support your local bookstore, you can just go up to the front desk and request it to be special ordered and they can they can order it directly from the printing house I use. It will come directly there and you can support your favorite local bookstore and me at the same time. Yeah, so and you can do that with uh, just about any um, author, correct? Yeah, any author, oh, yeah. any any author across well and you can do it like I have a friend um in uh Spain who who got my book in Spain from a distributor there just went to a, nice. their favorite bookstore and then i have a uh, family in canada same thing went to their favorite local bookstore and got it in canada so canada, that's eh? yeah eh? yeah so <laughs> so yeah you can get it pretty much anywhere you can get traditional books online um amazon is typically the number one seller right. but yeah if you want to support your local bookstore you can support any author you want they don't have to carry them if you just request it okay yeah all you have to do is know the name of the, the author the name of the book and they yep. can order it they can so order it's it. mc hunton and very simple it's a resident Resurrection is book one, and Conviction is book two. And before we get into the big book three, which is the latest book, which will be out this Saturday, October 28th, um, what is the future of the Martyr series? I, I, do you have anything planned with it? Like, uh, I know that uh, when I talked to you at RageCon, uh, the th- notion or the process of possibly being translated into either graphic novel or comic book form came up. Yeah, so I definitely want to move into graphic novels. My cover artist and I are actually working on that now. Uh, she has the first couple of pages done, and we've been pulled with other projects. She's been doing character art and other art for merchandise stickers and that kind of thing, as well as cover art for me. Um, and she has a side job that she also does for me with a different asset that I own. But um, I'm working with her on getting a graphic novel, specifically of Fading, the prequel novelette, because it's a quick, short book, right? Like, it's a much smaller... Uh, first project mm-hmm. for graphic art to get into and we can get into the swing of things. Um, and then from there, I would love to take my books and make them graphic novels. I imagine, and I'd have to look a little bit into it. They're pretty long for a graphic novel. So I might do like book one is like book one, part one, two, three, four, five or mm-hmm. whatever. Like have so yeah, like a mini graphic novel. Yeah. Series. Like a series for each book is probably how I would do that just because graphic novels don't tend to be that long. Mm-hmm. And I think the book would just be too long for it, but I am really interested in yeah. doing that. I and think you could great... always make it an omnibus later. I yeah. Mean, you, could, you could do the separate parts at first and then just put them all together once they're all done. Yeah, exactly. And there are a lot of like Webtoon artists who do that and they'll, they'll release it bit by bit like that as actual graphic novels. Um, and then we're also working on the audiobooks. And so the Resurrection audiobook is already out and live. It was narrated by yours truly. So if you have enjoyed listening to my voice on the show, you <laughs> have 12 and a half hours of it Holy in moly. this um, in this first uh, audiobook and then um, we're working on recording the second one but again I have three kids and seven books to write so that is slow going but I am going to have the entire series on audiobook as well okay and uh, have, have you put into thought of it becoming a t- television or movie series I would and which would you prefer movie series or television series for sure. Uh, I am of the opinion that the vast majority of books shouldn't be movies. Yes. Not because I'm against movies of books. Like it's another way to make the story accessible. Like it's really, I think it's almost a toxic mentality in the book space of don't like the book is always better than the movie. Mm -hmm. That's actually like 
Loki ableist. Like there are people that can't easily read, like whether mm-hmm. it's because they, they actually are like struggle with reading or if it's because they have ADHD and they can't focus long enough, whatever the reason it's hard for people to get through mm-hmm. an entire book sometimes. So I have no shade for people who prefer movie movies to books. I personally believe most books are too long yeah. for a movie and you're going to miss a lot of important mm-hmm. elements out of it. Oh yeah. But so. like, particularly like the movie series, like uh, Harry Potter. Yeah. There's yeah, the books, so much. The, the books ended up getting so long, particularly like the last three books, which yeah. the last four movies right. felt very cliff notey. Well, and my, my husband had not read any of the Harry Potter movies and he watched the fifth movie and we're talking about it and he goes, this makes no sense. And I was like, <laughs> what do you mean? This makes perfect sense. And he's like, no. Right. Yeah. No, it does not. There is so much stuff that they just Yeah, they gloss rely over. on you knowing the lore. Yeah, so yeah. if you don't already know, you're not going to get it. Yeah, and I'm, so I missed Spew not being in. Yeah, in there the were so many things. And so Spew. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> I would definitely prefer a, a television series to a movie. Okay. Uh, more questions about that after we get back from this break. If you have any questions or about anything on the show so far or a question for MC Hunt and and that number is good from anywhere in the world. And I know it's being listened to right now in 26 countries. So at least least 26 countries. So feel free to give us a call, 775-515-4141, and we'll be back with more Pop Culture Boom Radio Show right after this. Thank you, Rob. And welcome back to the Pop Culture Kaboom Radio Show. Our special in-studio guest, MC Hunton. And we were talking about the Martyr series. We just got done talking about book two, uh, which is called Convictions. Conviction, yes. Yeah, if I can get my computer to move. i switch between too many things. But too many tabs. Yeah, way too many tabs. <laughs> All right, so, and when we, uh, before we went to break, I posed a question about being uh, as a TV series mm-hmm. as opposed to a movie, and which would you would prefer, and you quite well answered that, I guess, during the break, which, <laughs> unfortunately, the audience wasn't a part unfortunately. of. So unfortunately. Like, apparently, I keep talking even when the mics are off. Now That's you, you got to repeat weird. it. Yeah, so uh, definitely a TV series. I know, I was like, where's the new button? (laughs) Uh, Definitely a TV series because at the end of the day, um, I just don't think most books uh, are short enough to have an adequate movie made. Like, you can get the gist, you can get the big big bullet points of the plot, but you're going to miss a lot of character development. You're going to miss, like, a lot of the little foreshadowing. And I'm telling you right now, as an author, I work really hard on that. I work really hard on those little <laughs> details that nobody but me is going to, like, catch the first yeah. time through. Mm-hmm. And you can't put that level of detail in a movie when you have to squeeze, you know, a 130,000-word novel into three hours, right? And yeah, that's so if you do a three-hour. Yeah, I was going to say you're being generous. I'm being yeah. generous, right? They're mostly like, an hour and a half. Yeah. Right. Like, <laughs> you basically have to be Tolkien popular to be able to get a three-hour movie. Right, exactly. Like, you're just not going to get the level of detail in there. And so I would absolutely prefer a TV series than a movie. Okay. Uh, cable or public television? Listen, I do streaming exclusively. So... <laughs> Probably say, her, cable. The, the way that her novels sound, I don't think they would I don't be public think it television would be ready. Public television ready. <laughs> I don't no. know. They got Chucky now on Sci-Fi Network. Yeah, but he and... doesn't curse. And they also, yeah, there's <laughs> a lot of yeah. Okay. The fact that I have yet to swear on air is 
a miracle in and of itself. And, so, and greatly appreciated. Oh, good. I'm not trying to get anyone canceled. <laughs> okay. um, no, it definitely... Oh, it's... come on. You could be the warm-up. Next week, we have uh, Sandy King Carpenter yes. on. Yes. So. Excellent. Yeah, she's the reason we have, have a, a dump, dump button. button. <laughs> Perfect. No, uh... No, it's, we'll just it's definitely too adult. reflexes. <laughs> you got to get quick. Yeah, it's definitely too adult for, for public television. Like, it would definitely need a little bit more. It's very uh, violent. It's very graphic. Lots of swearing. Like, it, I don't think public television would be the place. There'd be there'd be a lot. There would be so much censoring done that you wouldn't understand what's happening. It's the it's same like, problem with the, it being a movie. <laughs> They'd so, have to take too much out. So it kind of sounds like R2-D2 in the uh-huh, dialogue? Yeah. Well, no, it's not that level of bad, um, <laughs> unless it's one specific character when she's really mad. Okay. <laughs> All right. Tourette's is your friend. And so this coming Saturday, October 28th, will be the launch of Devotion, which is book three of the Martyr series. New York City has become more dangerous than ever before. Okay, that's kind of a nowadays, but anyway. <laughs> yes, sins before are, now, wow. Yeah, the, the, the it's actually are, gotten better than it was uh, even 30, 40 years ago. Really? Mm. No way. In your novel? <clears throat> no, just generally. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 it's definitely worse in my novel. Uh, the sins are out for blood, and they always seem to be one step ahead. The NYPD has been mobilized against the marchers. People are dying, and it won't be long before they don't have the manpower to keep up the fight. Darius Jones isn't about to let that happen. This war has taken everything from him, friends, family, family, and all of the people he's ever loved. The only thing he has left in is the battle against the sins, and he's coming apart at the seams to make sure they win. Thorne is desperate to keep him from working himself into an early grave, but with the rest of the underground in shambles, she's hardly managing to hold them all together. If something doesn't change, the martyrs won't survive. New recruitment protocols bring in an unlikely candidate, an ex-cop with ties to the sins. <gasps> Shocker. His presence <laughs> tears open deep wounds in the martyrs, which only get worse with the discovery of another virtue, a virtue with no desire to join their war. That always seemed to baffle. That always baffled me about stuff like that. Because if it's like, okay, humanity's existence is on the line. Yeah, I don't feel like participating. Yeah, it's a whole thing. I mean, people are not thrilled. Yeah, yeah, How yeah, can, yeah, yeah. I don't understand people. Oh. Somebody's logic in that. Oh, oh her logic is flawed. <laughs> yeah. uh, and I'm sure there's nobody who likes to get li- like almost literally the weight of the world on their shoulders. You know right. what though? But it's a whole reluctant hero trope. Here, well, because I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just too analytical. But okay, <laughs> humanity is going to die unless I oh, do something you're to very help. Spock about it. I'm not going to do of the any. Many outweigh the needs of, of no. The well, few I'm not going to do anything. So that means that I'm going to die. <laughs> that's where my, that's where it always baffles me. <laughs> anyway, I, I, let me finish the. Uh, synopsis here you're mad at all the right things as as resentment begins to devour the underground from the inside out darius realizes something terrifying his life isn't the only thing he stands to lose devotion is the devotion yeah devotion is the third book in the martyr series if you like gripping action graphic violence and the supernatural fight between good and evil you won't be able to put devotion down another um kids in the hall reference evil i'm the i am the master of funk and evil no i'll I'll play for you at the next break (laughs) it's a funny skit about uh um because he plays the uh the holy trinity of rock which is um a e a a -A 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 -
it's a funny little thing. The but Holy anyway. Trinity of Rock. Oh, you gotta you gotta see the skit. But anyway, um, so that is Devotion. It comes out on Sun Saturday, October twenty eighth. And so, yeah, so things are starting to heat up. Yeah, so Devotion is actually the book I've been the most anxious about with the launch, which is shocking. You'd think that'd be book one because it's the first one. Um, But Devotion comes on the heels of one. I have a bigger following. I have like a lot of readers out there who are not just my friends and family who love me, right? right? Like people who are (laughs) going to tell me it's great because they love me and they don't want to break my soul. Like, like people out in the real world who, yeah, who, don't, who don't care if they break who your don't soul. care if they break my soul and who might in fact revel right i was gonna say like soul. yeah like it's their, like their whole job right they're like <laughs> oh my gosh this author wrote a thing that i didn't like let me be brutally mean about it right so it's like the first time like it's i've got like a really big following i have a little uh there's a book club up in uh washington state that read my book and all of them are really really invested now and they communicate with me on social media so i have a much bigger following which feels like a higher height to fall from Uh um and it's not even that big of a following but it's bigger to me and then uh on top of it if you couldn't tell from uh even the synopsis devotion is the first one that touches on um, more controversial topics that are more likely to incite people to get upset. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that makes me sweaty. <laughs> and I'm not. You're anticipating like the backlash. Yeah. And honestly, so far with all the people who have read it, I've had a handful of early readers. Nobody has had anything negative to say, um, which is very good, even about the things that are potentially controversial. I try to handle controversial things very evenly right I'm, I'm not really out here trying to beat people over the head with a message but i have a message and um this one has a little bit more of a heavy hand in it and so it's got a lot more stakes uh the characters are going through a lot more we're much more invested in them this far in so it's interesting to see well yeah if you, if you think about character arcs you know we're going into basically act two and this is mm-hmm. this is where where you know the, the stuff that you can't say on the air hits the fan. Yeah, it, it pretty much. It, yeah. so this is when they start realizing what what their flaws are. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, and that's like book. Like if you think about it in arcs like that, like that's exactly how I outline right a series is like the typical story arc that you see. Right. You're we're all familiar with the mm-hmm. typical story arc of your your introduction, your rising action, the climax, the turning point, the falling action, right. all of that. Um, when you have a seven book series, that happens across all seven books as well well as in each, each book, individual right. book and so like the big turning point in the martyr series is actually the end of book four when everything changes mm-hmm. but book three is action leading up to that like book three is the rising action leading us to this massive turning point that's going to happen at the end of the next book and so it's a lot of build it's a lot of character development it's a lot of of um relationship building stakes building that kind of thing um some of the like not to brag, but probably the most devastating death I've ever written is in book three. I had a friend who texted me angry about it the night she read it and then texted me the next morning when she cried about it doing makeup all over again and texted me again angry about the same death. Like, not to brag, but... Wow, <laughs> she went all Annie Wilkins on you. Yeah. She did not snap a picture. Makeup? I'm a little disappointed. I'll okay, ask yeah. for one um, at the end of the next book. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Um, so before I can ask Eric, She's texting here. me. This is great. <laughs> <laughs> texting? Call. Anyway, uh, before I can ask Eric's next question, I got to ask you this. Um, so, uh, as a 
when you get to book seven, mm-hmm. is that going to be the finale? Yeah, and- it's it's not continuing after book seven. I have no intentions of having it continue. Like the story is very much designed to completely wrap up at okay. the end of the seventh book. So book seven, the end of it. Uh, Yep. Wipe your hands. I know I'm going to have an existential away. crisis. I'm probably going to cry for like three straight months. This book has been my life since I was 16, 15, yeah, wow. right? Okay. So by the time book seven is done, I'm just going to probably curl up and, and I'll be the one crying at that point. <laughs> we all will be, let me be honest with you, but I will be crying the most. Okay. Rob? <laughs> um, you, you said that it's very dark. Do you anticipate the ending to be a dark ending? <laughs> Uh, I really try to toe the line between dark and hopeful in all the books, quite frankly. And so, um, yes and no. Okay. I I thought for sure she was going to go, I can't disclose that because of NDAs. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, I am am my own NDA. (laughs) When you you kind of pause, that's why I snickered. Well, it's, Uh, it's the trick of how do I answer this in a way that doesn't, give Give anything away right and 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 because at the end of the day like i we joke with my friend group about like you know game of thrones just kills off all their characters right right? and it's like one of the things we talk about is i actually don't like that about game of thrones game of thrones is dark to the level where you quit caring yeah right like you get to the point where you kind of just want to see who gets killed yeah like you're you're just like you you don't have emotional attachment it's it's like in horror movies where you just go okay i just want to see how the next kill goes right (laughs) and and i is that who are you? Yeah. Anyway, is he messaging? That's great. Uh-huh. Thanks, Greg. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but like with Game of Thrones, it's just it's very dark and mm-hmm. it gets to the point where there it's hopeless. And I don't want that. Like I want mine to be more like that's more considered grim dark. I want mine to be more grim light where it is very grim. It is very dark. It does feel very insurmountable. It feels um, very difficult to imagine how we're going to come out of it. But I don't ever want it to feel like you have nothing worth living for anymore nothing worth reading for anymore so like i really try to toe that line especially at the end of the books um where we have that that glimmer of hope Mm. hovering there in the on the horizon okay the reason why i was inquiring about that was because eric in whittier california wanted to know if you were open to having other authors explore the uh martyr universe uh, in what way, I guess? Like, like fan say. fiction? Yeah, like, fan, I mean, I'm always down for fan fiction. Fan fiction is nothing but a form of flattery, right? Like, if you like a work yeah. enough that you're going to write fan fiction about it, that's a the highest form of praise. Yeah. But if he's talking more collaboratively, I'm not against collaboration. I would have to know. I mean, that's something I'd have to talk about in more detail depending on the project. Okay. And uh, Greg and Sparks mm. uh, has a question for you. Yeah, I'm sure he does. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to go into that one. All right, but who is your favorite underground character and that the readers won't get a lot of time with? And why are they your favorite? That the readers won't get a lot of time with? That's what he says. I don't oh. know. I think in seven books you'd get you would hopefully get a lot of time with all. Well, maybe get, there's that like one quirky side character that you're like, oh, I wish they would have done a lot with. of time with. <laughs> um, I would say, oh, that's hard. He's going to, like, challenge all of my answers on this because he knows everything that happens in this stupid series. Um, this is well, my husband. Well, it sounds like he has oh, a, okay. that sounds like like he has a specific very... character that he likes and he wants to know oh, why. Oh, I can't say that one because that's a spoiler. Um, <laughs> I would say somebody you don't spend a lot of time with that I really enjoy. I really like Dr. Harris. 
Um, I really like Dr. Harris. Uh, I also really like Saul. These names mean nothing to any of you. Nope. Um, <laughs> but those are two characters I really like uh, that you don't, that aren't as prevalent as the other ones that are on the tip of my tongue. Hey, I, I know all the things. Messages. He does. He knows all the things. He knows everything. Yeah. He's my he's my sounding board. This this poor guy. I'll like finish a chapter and I like show up and he's like watching some anime on the couch and I'm like, listen, I need you to stop doing this because I need immediate feedback on this thing I wrote two seconds ago. And he's Seriously? like, Seriously. And then he go he will go, No, wow. we're doing it tomorrow. And I'm like, Ugh, fine. <laughs> <laughs> Interrupting a show for that? Really? Yeah, yeah. Wow. In my defense, he was usually asleep on the couch when I got there. He interrupted his own show. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Well, technically, you weren't watching. Yeah, right? It's Dang. fine. But technically, you did wake me up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to return to that. But anyway. Um, all right. So we got 25 seconds. Um, I thought there was going to be more of an answer to that. Uh-oh. Well, the one oh, well. other characters, like, so what, the reason Dr. Harris is one of my favorites is because he's fun and snarky. Like, he doesn't, it's funny because, like I, like I said, I just finished writing book four. He actually doesn't come up that much in book four. And I kind of missed him. I got to, like, chapter 20, and I was like, I got to hurt some more people and is get he back like to the, the hospital comic so wow. we can see. He's not That's really comic sadistic. relief. I got to hurt okay. more I gotta people. I got to hurt more people. Dang. Yeah, he's not really comic relief, but he's just, he's got a fun personality. He's fun to write. Okay. Um, we still got more to talk about because uh, we got to talk more about the big book launch for Devotion that is coming up Saturday, October 28th, 3 p.m. at the Sparks Nevada Coffee and Comics. Um, and what will be going on there? What you can get, what you will see, what you will hear. Are you going to freestyle rap? No, okay. absolutely. <laughs> I will, however, read a cha- or a section of a chapter out loud. So there will be no MCing from MC Hunton. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll be back with more MC Hunton right after this, so don't go anywhere. Welcome back to the Pop Culture Kaboom Radio Show. And uh, Annie, uh, I don't know mm. where from Annie is from, but... Uh, She's yes. also from Sparks, Nevada, oh, okay. we need to know. <laughs> yes, we do, actually. Excellent. Um, that's more for the uh, program director, actually, because since we're practically the only show that gets calls or anything, kind of interaction, he likes to know where people are communicating from. Yes, makes sense. Um, we actually had somebody call from, where was it, uh, uh, Michigan or something, mm-hmm. when we had the wrestlers uh, on? Yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. It was kind of interesting so ask mc hunton who hurt her (laughs) (laughs) who hurt her yeah she likes to rip your heart out and stomp on it yeah i do i do that that's the thing that happens i call chapter three in book one the committer quit chapter if you get to chapter three and you finish it and you're gonna keep reading i own you you're gonna finish the book if you get to chapter three and you're like, nah, I can't do this, like, we're fine. Like, I get it. I understand. We're good. <laughs> but that's it. Like, my, my mother-in-law had a friend uh, who borrowed the book or bought the book, actually. And I went over and she saw me and she's like, Mary, I read your book. Well, I couldn't get past chapter three. So I gave it to my daughter-in-law. You're a wonderful writer, just a horrible person. And I was like, I love that review. <laughs> I love that review. A that is my writer, but a horrible That person. is my new fa- I should put that as my tagline <laughs> on all of my social media. I'm a big fan. Uh, you should have said that. Can you write a review for that Can on Goodreads? Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Nice. <laughs> this way I can actually quote it. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, also would like to know, uh, I'd, 
Oh, I'd love to hear more about MC's play music playlist that inspires her while writing. Oh. Yeah, so I exclusively I've mentioned on the show. Sounds like a, a lot of dark times. stuff. It like is a lot of dark. It's a lot of it's uh, a lot of um a lot of rock, a lot of metal, uh occasional random other songs that like randomly fit. Um but yeah, I mean it's all I listen to. It's all my poor kids listen to. They sing along to it. They they have decided they're like this is a dark song. This is a dark song that's also red because it has screaming in it. If it has screaming, my kids decided it's red. So we can all agree that that is now the color scale of songs. Mm. Um, But yeah, when I'm, I have certain songs for each book, like each song on the list, it has like a specific moment or a character or something it inspires. And so when I'm working on those chapters, I'll play those songs on repeat. Mm. Okay. Like name a song. Um, Well, this one's not technically in there yet but uh counting bodies like sheep to the rhythm of the war drums by a perfect circle is the (laughs) final fight in book seven so we're all at peace with that um i also have a lot of breaking benjamin um ashes of eden is one that is also a book seven song um i'd have to look at the list to give you actual names but i yeah i have a i have a bunch of them that fit um demons by starset is the end of book four Okay. So things like that. So what what started you with correlating um, particular songs to particular characters when you started out with the book? I would listen to music and it would make me think of the scenes in my head. And so for a long time, I will not lie to you, that was strictly Evanescence. Okay. And then, <laughs> <laughs> and then it evolved uh, a lot of Three Days Grace early on, a lot of Breaking Benjamin early on. One of my favorite things about Spotify is that Spotify has its enhanced playlist feature. Mm-hmm. And so it will recommend songs based on what's already in your playlist, mm-hmm. which has introduced me to a lot of new new bands right. and, or, or new to me, I should say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one of my favorites right now is, uh, I think, Bad Omens. I'm really bad with knowing the name of the songs um, or name of the artists, but um, I think Bad Omens is one. Asking Alexandria is another one I got recently in- introduced to because of that. Um and there's one more that I can't remember the name of that I really enjoy almost all of their music. Um, but then I also have friends like I have a friend who Halsey, uh, that that artist I was introduced to specifically because a friend of mine heard her song. I'm not a woman. I'm a God and sent it to me and was like, this is Thorn, and I will hear no arguments. And I was like, you are not wrong. Wow. So it went on the playlist. On the playlist it goes. One of my favorite things uh the, the the friend of mine who's helping me with my audiobook has sent me a couple of songs. They immediately go onto the playlist. Like th- immediately. It's like it's one of my favorite love languages. I feel so seen. It like it's so cool that other people hear music and it makes them think of my work. So almost all of those songs also immediately go onto the list. And just so you know, it'll help directors soundtrack your movie a lot it easier. Will. Too. That's true. Yeah. My TV series. Oh, your TV series, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. actually, that was, I think, the best thing about the, the whole Crow movie that came out of that was mm-hmm. the soundtrack. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, the that... Crow is actually another uh, graphic novel and movie that people have told me reminds them of my book. Mm. Yeah, actually, I, I, I love both, but I love the graphic novel. But, yeah, I heard it's then, so much better. Yeah, but, yeah. If you, but if you listen to the music from the movie while reading the graphic novel, it just kind of really helps yeah. make the experience really that much more fulfilling fulfilling yeah you want to hear the weirdest thing on the planet yes okay <laughs> literally i don't know what was going through my head um i don't but i had the tv on and i was playing uh back then it was a cassette tape because i'm old as dirt <laughs> but i actually had on sleeping beauty for uh-huh. some reason 
while I was playing Anthrax. And it linked up. I don't know how or why this act, the serendipity of this is actually amazing. The final battle in Sleeping Beauty, where there he was trying to get through mm-hmm. the thorns mm-hmm. and hacking with them with a sword. Um, uh, Anthrax has a song called "The Horror of It All." Nice. And it actually ends with a uh, Joy Belladonna doing like you know the, the horror of it all, and it like kind of does this little scream thing. While she's falling off. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> and hits the ground. And then they have like an instrumental song on that right after that, which kind of queued up almost as perfectly too with all the flowers starting to come back alive and everything. And I'm like, I stopped vacuuming my floor. I don't know why I had this, all this crap going <laughs> while I'm vacuuming, but I did. And I stopped. I'm like, just in marvel of it. Yeah. I, I, it is one of those things I don't think I would be able to... Re- and, and the funny thing is, again. I don't think he was high at the time. I think Probably. he was just... I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> so you have the big book launch this Saturday, October 28th. Yes. 29th. The, long, the book uh, launch is the 29th. Oh, the party is the 29th. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm confused. Uh, Sunday, October 20th. I didn't have enough coffee. That's what it is. <laughs> I ran out of coffee. Uh, 3 p.m. at the Sparks Nevada Coffee and Comics. Yes. So what all is going to be going on? It's going to be you. You're going to be mm-hmm. there um, with the new book. Yep. So everybody can pick up. You'll have... I'll have copies of the, the first two as well. Book one, book two. We mm-hmm. have swag with you. I will. I will have stickers, uh, magnets, button pins, and prints of the two main characters all available. Um, I'm also going to be doing a raffle that will, I haven't fully decided what the prize is going to be, but it is likely either an artwork pack. Uh, I have a a print of the two main characters from the first book that my artist, uh, a digital painting that she did. So that could be the prize. And we're also going to have, I believe coffee and comics is donating a prize. Um, I think we're doing movie tickets as well as one of the prizes. So there's going to be multiple things available to win in the raffle. Um, and maybe you should win those movie tickets. Maybe I should win the movie tickets because <laughs> apparently I'm really behind. Um, but yeah, so we're going to do all of that. Uh, you there's, can go see Suitable Flesh. I can go see. I see. No, that's not what I'm going to see. I'm going to go see the really bad John Cena one. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. we're going to go see John Cena. If I have Flips. to, yeah, if I have to watch one that's like awkwardly sexy, I'm going to do the one with John Cena. I'm not awkwardly doing Suitable sexy. Flesh. <laughs> and then, uh, but we're also going to have. I'm going to be do a, doing a reading from the third book. Um, it's. And then after that, or around that, we're also going to have a custom cocktail. That's part of the plan as well. A custom cocktail custom from cocktail. yeah, Co- Coffee and Comics is going to make a custom uh, cocktail. For I, the I do love the, the the names they come up with. Some of their cocktails. Yeah, there. yeah. We'll see. We're we're working out the kinks. I'm actually going to uh, chat with them tomorrow. Is I'm going to reach out to them and see what else we need to get done. But I think most okay. of it's done. It's just a matter of showing up and making it happen. Okay. If if I need to have a book launch to get them the name of co- a drink out of one after one of my books, I will do this. Yeah. Okay. I will follow her blazing trail i'll say live events have been my favorite thing of being an indie author right like the indie author path i like and not i don't think there's a right or wrong way to get your books out there the traditional path the indie path they both have pros and cons well, um since it is the last weekend before halloween mm-hmm. um it would there be can we throw in a special prize for anyone who comes to your event dressed as one of your characters oh that would be rad that would be pretty cool. My characters are hard to dress as. The main character, yeah. you saw me at Comic-Con. Well, that I was like a dressed challenge. I was dressed as the main female character at Comic-Con. You saw me at Comic-Con. Mm-hmm. It's pretty basic. 
but other characters we did joke and this is a spoiler alert that i can't give on on the air but we joked about dressing up as chapter three from my book for halloween this year once you read chapter three guys if you read it that's the message me that's the commit or quit chapter message me if a family costume for that chapter is as horrendous as i think it is it's horrendous okay and funny and i still kind of want to do it (laughs) interesting Uh, what if somebody dresses up like one of the sins though yeah, I mean, they could dress up. They're also, uh, each sin has, has colors associated with it, right? Yeah. Like I said earlier, if you look in the books, if you if there's a character that's associated with a color, that's de- deliberate. Hmm. And so um, you could always dress in color for the sins, right? Wrath is obviously going to be red, envy is green, fill in the blank. There's there's some for all of them. You could do that. Get like the heat miser hair going oh, on. Oh, that'd be good. Yeah. yeah. Well, the hard thing with dressing is the sins. And part of the conflict that is within the books is that they look like normal people. You're not going to know they're bad guys, right? Fair enough. Okay. Um, well, you know what? I got to absolutely no news stories <laughs> this week at all. Yeah, but I, I can't say I regret it because this has been really fun. I didn't I say I regretted it. Okay. Fastest three hours uh, you've ever had to be on radio? I mean, it's the only three hours I've ever been on radio, so... <laughs> High so bar yes, for the rest of y'all. Yes, <laughs> my default. No, like zero, zero <laughs> things to compare it to. Oh, okay. Well, well, I can guarantee you, 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 you'll not get much better of an experience because I've been a frequent guest on this show before mm-hmm. I became a co-host, and it's always been a blast. Yeah. I've been having a lot of fun. So book four next year. Book four November. next year. Yeah. Unless the graphic novel comes out sooner. It might come out sooner. Book four might launch earlier in the year as well. Um, I am... I hesitate to even say this out loud. All of my friends are going to kill me. They're going to text me while I'm saying this. Tell me to to shut up. But um, part of me is hoping to launch book four in June. Quick, cut her mic. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Um, Because if, like, uh, book four has uh, my largest, or the the biggest roles for my LGBTQ characters uh, in the books, uh, they are all very prevalent. And so uh, I had a friend of mine say, you got to launch it for Pride. I was like, that's a phenomenal idea, but that means I have to be done by April with everything, (laughs) not just finished writing. That means I have to write it. I have to workshop it. I have to edit it. I have to get cover art. I have to re-edit it (laughs) a hundred times, right? They they always make it seem so, you should do it Oh, it's so not easy. Yeah. yeah. And so, so that would be awesome. I don't know if that's feasible, but definitely next year. I keep getting bugged. When's your third album coming out? (laughs) And a lot of people, when they don't know how the back end works, it's like, well, why don't you just release it next week? Well, because there's a lot of reasons for that. <laughs> anyway. Uh, <laughs> well, and ultimately, and I'm being texted to say this, I should focus on the audiobooks before I focus on getting recorded. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so. <laughs> well, you, you know, can always hire somebody. coming out sooner. You're recording it I'm soon? recording it. I am exactly one chapter in to recording that one. Oh, cool. And so uh, we have a ways to go with that. Um, I'm learning to help edit so that my wonderful audio engineer doesn't have to sit alone in the studio and do all of the editing all by himself because I love him deeply and I want him to continue to want to work with me. So <laughs> I am going to be helping edit um, on top of that so that we can wrap it up faster. Okay. Well, uh, that music means that it is time to call it a night. Thank you all for tuning in tonight. No matter where you are listening, we genuinely appreciate you being here. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Pop Culture Kaboom Radio Show. A big thank you to our guest, co-founder and executive director of the Cordillera International Film Festival, Emily Skyle Golden, who spoke with us about the upcoming Cordillera International Film Festival 7th Annual Fright Night. 
It is happening this Thursday, October 26th at the Locomotion Plaza in Reno, Nevada. For more events in northern Nevada from Coeur International Film Festival, you can check out their website, which is ciffnv.org. And also check out their social media links. Join the newsletter among all the cool things of the Coeur International Film Festival's website. Also, thank you to our in-studio guest award-winning author of the Martyr series, M.C. Hunton. You can meet M.C. Hunton, pick up the third book in the Martyr series, Devotion, for, or all of them, and get them autographed by M.C. Hunton this coming Sunday, October 29th at 3 p.m. at the Coffee and Comics location in Sparks, Nevada. You can also pick up M.C. Hunton's books and other cool swag, and also find all her social media links at her website, mchunton.com. With all guests on the Pop Culture Boom Radio Show, Pop Culture Boom follows and or likes them on Facebook, depending on what options are available. So as they post news, it is reposted to the Pop Culture Boom newsfeed. You're well aware of that. <laughs> and next week, Sunday, October 29th, is the last show before Halloween, and we will have two scary special guests. We'll be talking with the Queen of Horror co-founder and CEO of Storm King Productions, Sandy King Carpenter. We'll be talking with Sandy King Carpenter about producing legendary director King Carpenter's, or John Carpenter's, return to directing with his horror terror trilogy anthology, Suburban Screams, and the four upcoming books from Storm King Productions and the Storm King imprint Storm Kids. We'll also be talking with comic book creator, writer, and owner of KG Comics, Kurt Zauer. Kurt Zauer will be walking us through all of the info you'll 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 need to get your page moving. There we go. <laughs> About the Kickstarter for Kurt Warner's latest comic book, Ruxy Vampire, and all the tie-in unlocks and perks you can obtain. Thank you for your support, and please continue supporting Pop Culture Kaboom by listening to the Pop Culture Kaboom radio show. And if you miss any part of the live show, the Pop Culture Kaboom podcast produced by 97 and Now Productions. And not only will you get this episode, but also previous episodes and some bonus material that will be coming out as well. Subscribe to the Pop Culture Kaboom podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Also, give a like and a follow to Pop Culture Kaboom on Facebook for everything you want, everything you need from Pop Culture Entertainment Daily. And subscribe to the Pop Culture Kaboom YouTube channel for video interviews from events we have and will be attending. On behalf of our guests, co-founder and executive director of the Cordillera International Film Festival, Emily Skull-Golden, and award-winning author of the Martyr series, MC Hunton. Thank you and have a good night. Peace out, Wabbits.